the windspun dust devils that whirled across their path. Sometimes Rand looked back, but the road behind was always empty. Okay, finish that just in time. That's a yikes. That is right. What's up, Internet? My name's Nerdy. And I'm Claire Roos. And this is the second episode of the Nerdy, the Wordy Book Club. How you doing, Claire Roos? Uh, doing, doing good. We have so much to talk about this week. Hi, Sarbu. Welcome to the Nargs of the Nerd Table. We have our first member to, to join live on stream. Thank you so much. That's so fun. I was like, what is that? That That is, that is our... Joining as a member of the Nerd Table. We didn't change it yet, but it will be Nargs of the Nerd Table, we've decided, not Knights of the Nerd Table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 So we're going to have a bunch of Nargs. Yeah, yeah. All the Nargs. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. you are joining us for the first time, welcome to the Nerdy Wordy Book Club, where mm-hmm. we are reading the entirety of The Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. Today, we are talking about ep- uh, chapters, episodes, uh, chapters 13 <laughs> through 26 mm-hmm. of The Eye of the World, the first book in that series. And boy, howdy, was it a lot. Yes, yes. Faye, we have also been looking forward to this all week. Mm-hmm. We're so excited. Um, yeah, we added chapter 26 after some requests from people, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that we did. I'm almost, I almost wish we hadn't. Why? Because there's so much in these 13 there, chapters. There is a lot. There is a lot. But I have a feeling like we're going to be just fine. There's, there's, there's always going to be a lot. So there, That's fair. This is, uh, this is very densely written. And I wanted to start off today. Before we get into what actually happens in the books, I wanted to start off by talking about the actual prose of the Wheel of Time, right? The prose? Yeah, the prose. The, it wasn't the written my, word. It wasn't my phone today. No, that was mine. That was mine. <laughs> one of us one of us will always forget. Um, the prose of the Wheel of Time and the the just the way in which Robert Jordan manages to convey information, which I just mm-hmm. think is so wonderful. Yeah. We were talking, there's a moment in the books where after a big battle scene, they're lying down and Matt turns to the group and says, I wonder what Dav did with that badger. And it's something that has not, it is a concept that has not been brought up in 350 pages of this novel. And it's thrown out there as a joke because Robert Jordan is a gosh darn genius. And Mm -hmm. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm consistently falling in love with the way that he's writing the books. Not just the, like, lore, not just the characters, but the actual, like, way he writes the the sentence structure. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm so deeply enamored with. Yeah, yeah. I'm really enjoying these books, honestly, more than, like, I even... Then I even dreamed, like, I, mm-hmm. I love fantasy stuff. I knew I was going to enjoy it, but we've talked about how, like, we both love reading. Yeah. And we've lost the time... For it like yeah like, it, adulthood a, makes reading hard yeah it makes reading hard and so we're really happy to have this book club that like every week we have like our assigned reading and we love doing it so yeah yeah all right uh so let's start at the very beginning we mm-hmm. ended last week with our friends our our little family of emmons fielders and they're two three two in the show mm-hmm. three in the books uh, compatriots who are leading mm-hmm. them into the world, to yeah. the wider world. Uh, they have just crossed the water and mm-hmm. they're camping. And yeah, we're, we're, we start here with chapter 13 choices, mm-hmm. which I took notes. They're not great notes, but I took them. Uh, 
Yeah, we, we've learned after reading this much, we're like, we need to take better notes because, like, mm-hmm. there's so much that happens. There's 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 so much. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, we're, we left at the campsite, and we're left with Rand, uh, and we, we get to this initial confrontation at the beginning of this week's mm-hmm. uh, chat reading, mm-hmm. where, uh, and this is where I want to start, is the mentality that Rand is at at this point in the books. Mm-hmm. Because... One of the things, for those of you who are maybe listening to this for the first time, one of the things that we're kind of focusing on is we watch the show first. And we are coming as show reader or show readers, show watchers into being readers. And that is informing the way that we're viewing these books a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I really wanted to start today by digging into how v- vastly different Ran is handled in the books yeah. than he is in the show. Mm-hmm. Because his mentality at the beginning of this section is so fascinating, where he is so deeply distrustful of the Aes Sedai, so much so that it is causing this real friction in his relationship with Egwene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, Egwene, Egwene, like, unbraids her hair, and he's mm-hmm. like, what, 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 what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's a small thing, but the show never even got into that. No, no, mm-hmm. not at all. Uh, honestly, I don't think that the show handled the mistrust of the Aes Sedai that well. Like, That's people, true, yeah. when, you know, when Moraine walks in, people are a little bit like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But they never act like... Um, Welcome sh- to the Nargs, Eric. Thank you so much, Eric. Um, but they never act like she's as bad as, like, the Dark One and Dark Friends. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Which is, like... It, which is a big part of this novel. And one of the things that we talked about as well was, from the show's perspective, Moraine is kind of the main character. So of course mm-hmm. she's good, right? Yeah. But in the in the book, Alec, thank you. Welcome to the nerd table. Um, in the book, we don't know if we can trust Moraine mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. None of the none of the people do. The only one who kind of really trusts her is Egwene. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Egwene just wants Egwene wants her adventure. Um, but in the book, it, like Moraine is so much more interesting because we don't actually yeah. know whose interests she has at heart. Well, and there's this interesting dialogue going on, I think, in the fandom about Rafe, the the man who's the showrunner for the show, and his intentions. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to assume his intentions, but I do think there is something that he's trying to do in the show where he's placing Moraine as the main character. And I think that what's so fascinating about that is that in placing this female character as the center of the show, mm-hmm. they've actually weakened her place within the story mm-hmm. like i think that moiraine is so much more interesting thank you james as a character who you are are much less aware of their intentions mm-hmm. and so much less aware of their like inner dialogue whereas because throughout this section of the novel we get a lot of moiraine and lan having these conversations ahead of the group they're very secretive they're very far away yeah and in the show we get those conversations yeah and in getting those conversations we get it really comes down to the way information is doled out is so different. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately that is going to be the biggest difference between the adaptation of the show and the book. Mm -hmm. And there there are characters that are missing from the show and there's Mm -hmm. things like that. Thank you for that super chat. Thank you so much. Love from Canada. But the the show is really coming down to 
how they are delivering the similar information. Yeah. And almost in every instance, I think that the books do a better job in revealing that information to the audience than the show did. Yeah. The show tries to be extra secretive about things. Yeah. Um, Potato Bear, welcome to the nerd table. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Um, They, like, it's like the show wanted to, like, try and be tricksy. Like, they're like, ooh, we're also gonna foil those book readers so they won't even know what's going on. It felt like the show wanted to be lost like it felt like it wanted to have a similar feeling to lost where you don't know what's going on but like there's all these big mysteries being revealed yeah and the books never dive into that one of the moments that i think really stood out for me in this section is how quickly perrin learns about the wolf brother thing yeah and like the show treats it as if it's this big mystery what's going on with what's going on with perrin Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the, the book never never hides it. There is a character who looks at him and says, this is what is happening to you. Uh And the more interesting thing to happen is that Perrin isn't confused. He is willfully trying to deny it despite knowing that it is true. Yeah. And it is so fun to watch his inner monologue as he wrestles with this, uh, this information he doesn't want. Yeah. Like he desperately doesn't want to be true, but he knows is. And it's giving... Perrin this personality and this this character that I'm so enamored with yeah that and look I loved show Perrin I thought show Perrin was the dragon but the the book Perrin is just he's 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 built out in a way that I'm I'm just I, I love yeah. him so much I just yeah. want to give him a hug yeah I agree I think I, I I enjoy his character so much more in in the book um Rich thank you welcome to the nerd table uh, Tim Manis uh dull uh, sorry Talmanez Delovindi, I'm, I'm butchering your name, uh, wrote, I, I love this comment, mystery story does not work great with Moiraine as the detective, which I agree with yeah. because Moiraine already knows the information. Yeah. yeah. If you Moiraine make her the protagonist knows. and she knows the information, then it, it leaves the audience in a weird place. Whereas the books you, I understand about as much as Rand does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the show just kind of got hung up on it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, that that bogged it down a little bit. I think that that really affected its... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It really affected its impact. I think it's not quite the word I'm looking for, but I think you know what I mean. I think it I think it really affected the impact of the eighth episode. Yeah. Because barring the complications with COVID and all of that, yeah. I think the problem with the show comes down to, at the end of the book... And at the end of the show, or sorry, at the end, just at the end of the show, the point of view has to become Rand's point of view, and mm-hmm. it hasn't been through the whole show, and so he suddenly becomes the protagonist in the final episode, and it's just too late. Yeah. The one thing that you also mentioned as well is like portraying Perrin as like you like in your using your words, the person who looks before he takes a step, or yeah, like, the, yeah. It, that is so much more interesting than what we got. Like he's. He in the show, he's kind of just like a sad boy along for the ride. Well, sometimes. and I hate I, the the more the further we get away from it, the more I really don't like the choice to have him have a wife that he murders. It doesn't yeah. have anything to do with the show. There's no payoff. It is just, and we lose one of my favorite moments in the entire book so far is when Perrin is thinking about Egwene, and he says. If Rand were here, he'd know what to do. Rand is so much better with women than I am. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yay. Rand is like the most like virginy little virgin. But in Perrin's eyes, Rand is so good with the ladies. And I, I was know. like, this is so funny. How did we 
how did we lose this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved that moment. I was yeah. like, oh, none of you know what the heck is going on. Like, they're such teenagers. Oh, 100%. And I, yeah. and I love that. Even, even Nynaeve. Like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Nine, uh, we'll we'll get there, but Nynaeve does show up in this section. <laughs> just right, and, just and literally shows up. shows up. Yeah, just shows up. But like, even she has that like stubborn teenager mentality. Like mm-hmm. that's like the, how I thought when I was like fifteen. I was like, I'm not gonna give him the satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, girl, come on, come on. And I'm excited to see her grow through it. But I just it made me laugh. I want to be clear. I'm not a bu- book purist. Yeah. I I don't mind a lot of the changes in the show. I don't mind. And what we I loved it, the show when we watched it. it. Yeah. Barring the finale was a little disappointing, but most of it we really loved. And a lot of the action is like shaky cam kind of nonsense. But the mm-hmm. I will what I will say is I don't mind them changing things. I do wonder why they changed the things that they did. Yeah. And why they chose to go with. Uh, like, I would love to sit down with Rafe and have a conversation about, like, w- why did you get rid of... What is what is this city called? Berlon? Berlin? Where the Stagony yeah. Lion is? Yeah. Ba- Bamelin? Berlin, ba- I think. Okay, I James Goss brings it, up the budget. I want to talk about this. We're going to get into the book, I promise. Yeah. But, like, can we talk about the fact that they had $10 million an episode? Yeah, we didn't know that. I thought I thought the show had, like, 2 or $3 million an episode. Mm-hmm. Y'all, when I was watching it, I was like, this is really good for 2 or $3 million an episode. They had 10... They had Mandalorian money. Yeah. They had they had Mandalorian money. What Bam, happened? Yeah. $10 million an episode? There's no excuse for money. Yeah. There's n- that, there is no budget excuse at $10 million an episode. You have Game of Thrones money. You have, like... You have you have so much money at ten million dollars an episode. I've worked on TV my for like the last ten years of my life. Yeah, I have been on sets. There is just there is the budget excuse was only good when I was like, oh yeah, two two or three million dollars an episode. That's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ten Absolutely. million completely changes everything. Yes. Because this show is the cheapest $10 million show I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Nerd Sorry. Table, sir. No, Not no. trying to be mean. You're but like, 100% right. Like, is we... Amazon laundering money? Because where did it go? Well, no, because when we were watching it, you know, we were under the impression that, like, they're doing the best that they can regarding budget and circumstances, COVID, all of this thing, and the actor leaving. And I do think that they had to take a different direction with it, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate, which is unfortunate. But I definitely thought, the, the um, I don't know where that money went to <laughs> let's get into the book because that's what we're here to talk about yeah. this is a book club mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um i really want to talk about uh Berlon because we get this yeah. really cool town we get the first time they see a city they see it together and remember when we were watching the show and i'm sorry to keep bringing up the show but we're show watchers first that's how this podcast works uh-huh. remember when we're wa- in our spoiler chat for mm-hmm. episode for for the charvalon episode I was like, I really wish we could have seen the group of them see the city and experience that. Be like, wow. And of course, much like everything I said in the spoiler chats that I complained about, it's in the book. Yeah, but it's the the best part of it is Tom is like <laughs> city, <laughs> like he's like Tom Marilyn. Tom Marilyn is absolutely mandatory to this story. Yeah. What? How, how did you cut him? I don't know. His interactions with the group. Oh my god. And yeah. they even had the perfect actor for him in the show. But Tom Marilyn is 
the sarcastic side of this that you need for this like traveling group of adventurers because Lan and Moiraine don't want to tell them anything. Tom wants to tell them things, but you know that he embellishes. And so you get both sides and Tom is freaking, Tom might be my favorite character in the books. Which yeah, is crazy because Lan right. is there. And you, Lan- you know I love Daddy Lan, but like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tom is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to Min, but Min straight up says that Tom is part of all of this. Yeah. He's got the sparkle. The sparkle. <laughs> yeah, it's... Ooh. Yeah, Tom, I agree. Absolutely essential to the story. And they cut him out. And you miss a lot because of that, unfortunately. And his stories, like, Tom is also a fantastic foreshadowing device Mm -hmm. because of all the tales and things that he knows. Like the hunt for the great horn that shows up at least 20 times (laughs) in this section of the book. At least 20 times. Um, All right. So let's do first night and then we'll get into the hunt for the horn. Because we do do get into some storytelling. But uh, first night at the inn, it's a big night because Rand is so tired that he doesn't want to go see. Oh, no. Before we get that, there's a hot tub scene. There's a hot tub scene. I can't skip over five men in a hot tub. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't. Uh, (laughs) Also, the way Lan walks in the room and is like, well... This is what I was waiting for. And I was like, yes, yes, it was. This is also what I was waiting for. <laughs> it's not quite as steamy as the show version where Lan and Moiraine straight up get in the same hot tub. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're they giving me have, Witcher vibes. They do have their own baths, but still, mm-hmm. they're in the same bath room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so they're, they're, they're steaming up together. Mm-hmm. And you know, when, when you're with your boys, you got to get a good steam on. Well, and Matt's being an idiot, as per usual. Just, like, blabbing away. And Lana's like... Well, and I, I love that Perrin and Perrin and Rand are shown to be very distrustful of Moiraine. Yes. Right? They, they don't want to trust her. And yet, in that scene, they immediately take Moiraine's point of view and start doing what Moiraine told them anyway. And I really appreciated that they're smart enough to be like, I don't trust her, but she is right about this. We need to keep our mouths shut. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Subconsciously, yeah, yeah. they're working together to shut Matt up. Yeah. In a way that I, I, I really appreciated. Like, start. Yeah. Start. <laughs> like, um, he's so dumb sometimes. <laughs> I just want to, like, boop, boop him. Boop him on the snoot. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> goddamn. Yeah. It really made me want to go back to Japan and um, get in an onsen. I'm not going to lie. I just wanted to take my boys to an onsen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, although I was... <laughs> I was in a in an onsen with my boss. That, like I was working in Japan for um, uh, orchestra, mm-hmm. and I was in an onsen with my boss one time. Mm-hmm. And he stood up <laughs> in the onsen and stood with his junk like at eye level, just like talking at me. And this yeah. is my boss. Like uh-huh, this is the man uh-huh, I work uh-huh. for. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm really excited for tomorrow. Tomorrow's show is going to be great. Um, oh God, don't look, don't look down. We were sitting down a second ago, and I think that you got hot, but um, I, I don't, I don't know what to do in this situation. Like, oh wow, the um, decoration in here is really nice. Yeah, I was like, God, the back of my neck is hurting from this angle, but like, I'm not moving. <laughs> That's so awkward. Um, but uh, yeah, so they have their bath, and then mm-hmm. they get out of the bath, mm-hmm. and then they, they, you know, they towel up together. Mm-hmm. Um, this sh- this scene should have been in the show. What? I'm just saying, this whole scene should have been in the show. Oh, the tub scene? Just for me. Yeah. Uh, and they walk out into the hallway, and who's there but Moiraine and... Min! What? I know, Min just like, is there already. Like, and we've seen her name earlier in the chapter. Um, we've seen Maureen ask if she's there, but uh-huh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. The, Min is Min is 
Min is in the book real early. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, we kind of just, they're, like, talking, and then that's it. And then and Min, she, like, like goes scow- away. scurries away. And you're like, wait, what? Um, luckily, we get more of Min, which is nice. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, the way she's introduced, honestly, was, like, the exact same. It was, like... What are they talking about? Well, and it's another thing that leans into the, is Moraine a dark friend? Why does she have a person in this town? Why is this, why are they talking about the, you know what I mean? Like, every intro, everything they introduce around Moraine further complicates whether or not you can trust her. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so interesting. That, yeah. like, ebb and flow, because she saves them, but then why is she talking to that person in the hallway while staring at them when they're in towels? Like, that's a little weird. It's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah. little, it's a little, it's a little weird. Yeah, I guess so, Yeah. Yeah, so they, I guess they, they're kind of all too tired to, to do much and mm-hmm. head to bed thing is basically what happens. 100%. And yeah. we get this wild dream sequence. This is some of the best writing in the whole section. Yeah. This dream sequence, um, there's a section of it that I think I took a picture of because I wanted to read it. I actually, no, I forgot to take a picture of this one. I forgot to take a picture. Let me Here, you talk about it. the dream a little bit and then I'm going to find it. Okay, yeah. Um, we get this, we get this dream sequence, which there's, there's a lot of them. Um, well, well, I, I don't say that negatively. I feel like that came across wrong. They all are, they, they serve a purpose, um, and they're fascinating. Um, but, but Rand is, is talking to somebody. <laughs> hmm, I wonder who. <clears throat> and, uh, He says. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he says, it's Baalzaman. Yeah, yeah. Which... Is that Not the name first, but y'all? What is the name of the dark one? Because is it Shaitan? Is it Ashamayil? Is it Baalzaman? I'm so lost. I think it's all of them. But then, are are any of them the Forsaken? The Forsaken? No, the Forsaken are servants of the Dark One. I know, but like, I don't know. There's a lot of names for the bad guy. He's also like the Sightless and the Leaf burner or something like that and there's there's, there's a lot of names spoilers. don't ask cool 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 great. cool 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 great, cool great. i'm not going to read chat until um it moves up a little bit um <laughs> i wanted to read this section because i really do think this is some of the best writing in everything i've read in the book so far um <clears throat> this is one of my favorite sentences what if it's what mm. i don't know i just you can't spoil me you can say it you I, can't okay, spoil them okay. they've all read it okay i just had a thought mm-hmm. because there are so many names I wonder if, um, because we are led to believe that this cycle of the Dark One being, like, chained up has been going on for thousands and thousands of years, Mm -hmm. I believe. He gets out, he gets chained, he gets... What if, like, um, what if those are all people who have, who were the, who were the dragon and were corrupted, like, went mad? Oh, so, like, Baalzaman is, like, the loose before loose? Yeah, yeah, like before and then before, because I know that the I know that the one power, the man side, was corrupted after Luce tried to do his thing, um, but I I hmm. but the way That'd that time works, mm-hmm. the way the way that time works, I wonder if that if if it if that like curse if that taint kind of transcends time, in a mm. sense, right? Because we a know taint that transcends time. <laughs> God damn it. Because mm, we know that, because we know that people are reborn and reincarnated in this world, uh, so I don't know. That was just uh, shut up. It was a thought. It was a thought. Uh, so. No, that's that's really cool. I would love like, oh yeah, like Ishamayil is like a previous dragon, and Baal Zaman is a previous dragon, and 
Um, mm -hmm. I love all the dots in chat. Thank you, everyone, for um, for. <laughs> I don't know if our, our mod is here today, so that's fine. Uh, Six Minky is here, but there's there's only one of them. That's true. And, that's true. Uh... <laughs> um, but I wanted to read this. This is one of my favorite sentences because it like rocked me. It literally rocked me. Um, oh, sorry. And the, the the evidence that I have to back that up is that it's Rand having these dreams, and he is the dragon. And I know that the others are also having dreams, but like he is. But the they dragon. all see Balsamon. Huh? They all see Balsamon. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I do they do they get the other names? I oh, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was like, he is the dragon. So if he's seeing his different incarnations at different points, I don't know. Anyways, it was a thought. So this is one of my favorite things in the book. Mm -hmm. I whispered in Arthur Hawkwing's ear, and the length and breadth of the land Aes Sedai died. I whispered again, and the High King sent his armies across the Aerith Ocean, across the World Sea, and sealed two dooms. The doom of his dream of one land and one people, and a doom yet to come. At his deathbed, I was there when his counselors told him only Aes Sedai could save his life. I spoke, and he ordered his counselors to the stake. I spoke, and the High King's last words were to cry that Tarvalon must be destroyed. I read that and I was like, that is, that is how you set up that this villain is the worst. <laughs> you know what I, But like throughout yeah, all yeah. of the spoiler chats mm -hmm. of the show that we did, Mike, I kept coming back to, I wish I understood the stakes. I yeah. wish I understood what it was that we were fighting because they kept it so vague and Great. so what nebulous. And I love that in chapter 14... <laughs> Of a, what, 50 chapter book, probably more than that. Um, more than that, I'm assuming, but... The bad guy looks at the protagonist and goes, this is why I am the worst thing you'll ever meet, and this is why I have to be stopped, but you're not going to do it because I'm going to corrupt you, and I'm willing to tell you how bad I am because I know that you're going to work for me anyway. He's so cocky! It's... This sentence to me was, like, energetic. I felt like the fire of my skin like light up at this like he's a bad boy it's brilliant it's mm -hmm. brilliant it's so good mm -hmm. and i just mm -hmm. I, I just i love it i loved it so much and also i want to meet this arthur hawkwing i hope he like comes to brand in a dream at some arthur. point <laughs> arthur hawkwing he sounds rad yeah, yeah i bet yeah. he has a dope helmet um and a really cool sword so from the lake in the dream the baalzaman keeps killing rats or kills one rat yeah. And when Rand wakes up, he goes down to the kitchen, talks to the kitchen ladies, and they, they're they're talking about how a bunch of rats, a bunch of dead rat bodies... I forgot about that ...are moment. in the inn, and their backs are broken the same way that they broke in the dream. Yeah. Which, mm -hmm. I have so many questions, but my first one is, in the show, Rand stabs himself, and Moiraine gets pierced through the back of the head. Yeah. But he doesn't. The dreams are... Is that because in that dream, like, Moiraine was stabbed with a physical thing, and Moiraine stabbed... And Rand stabbed himself with a physical thing, and it wasn't channeling that killed them? So only, like, channeling crosses from dreams to the no, real world? No, no, because Rand pricks his finger on a thorn in the later dream. Right. And it's there. Uh, yeah, the dreams in the show are not the same as the dreams in your... In the book. Because I think mm -hmm. that it seems that if... If you are having a dream that involves the Dark One and mm -hmm. something happens to you in the dream, it happens to you in real life. That is what it seems like they're setting up. Yeah. And. Yeah, because in the show, Maureen is like, dreams are important. Dreams are important. And in the book, she's like, dreams are important. 
And in the book, they actually do seem to be important. They're so important and they're so good. Yeah. Both of the two big dreams that we get in this ch chunk of chapters, and we'll get to the second one in a bit, but like the two dreams are both fantastic. Yeah. And we get to meet the bad guy, which is so fun because he's mm -hmm. delicious. Like the bad, the dark one is literally like delicious. Yeah. I have to say, I, the casting for him though in the show, that's who I'm like picturing in my head and I'm like, I'm into that it. That actor could have pulled off the scene. Oh yeah. That actor killing the rats would have been. Oh yeah. Chef's kiss. Yeah. 100%. But it, it, it does raise so many questions about like what, what power do dreams have and how much can Rand channel in the dreams? Because it seems like he's channeling a little bit in this dream. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, channels a lot. He channels a lot in this section. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those, like, I think it's going to be, like, the dream sequence that's on, like, actually on, like, another plane. Mm -hmm. And not just, like, a, like, a dream, right? Because we know that, like, the ways exist. But they're close From the show, right? Yeah. We know that those exist. And so if there are different planes of existence where time and space function differently, yeah. then it stands to reason that dreams, like these dreams that are being manufactured uh, could potentially be just taking place on a different plane. Mm, you know? Yeah. Um, like I'm kind of thinking like D&D &D, uh, where yeah, there's yeah. just like, there's different realms, right? And and Because he does have normal dreams. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, so we he wakes up. Uh, he, or no, we've already done that. He wait, he talks to the chef. Uh, he is desperate to talk to someone about this dream. Yeah. And it turns out that the other boys have also had the dream. Ben, thank you for that super ben, chat. Thank you for the super chat. Thank so you. So he goes to see Perrin and Perrin is so freaked out by his dream that he's like, I'm a lay in bed today. Yeah. I'm gonna have a lay in. It's a no bones day for Perrin. It's a no bones day. <laughs> Perrin's like, it's a no bones day for me. I'm uh, I'm gonna just stay right here. Thank you very much. And Rand is like, you know what? Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes outside because he's so excited to see the big city and he walks outside and it's like a little too big. And this is fun because I remember this mm -hmm. when I went to New York and I was alone in New York for the first time. Mm -hmm. I literally walked into Times Square and went, oh God, <laughs> I want to live here. <laughs> this is a lot. I want to, I want to live here. And so he's like, yeah, no. And so he goes around the back of the stable and we get men. We get like a full scene of men straight up just telling us the rest of the plot. Yeah, which I, I did take a picture of. Yeah. Um, because I want to talk about the things that men says. So much. I want to get into um, everyone. Yeah. Uh, so men has these like visions. We, we already know this. She sees the pattern. She sees things. The weave of the wheel. The we the wheel the wheel weaves as the wheel wills. That's it. That's it, right? You nailed it. <laughs> There's so many W's in there. Mm -hmm. Um. So she says that. Um, wait, who's Master Andra? That is Lan. Oh, okay. I was like, that's the fake name that he goes by. In right, right, right. I was Fair like, who, who's who's Andra? Who, who the mm -hmm. hell is that? Um, has seven ruined towers around his head, which I believe is his lineage. Which is the, it's the kingdom that he, um, that his fallen he kingdom. He was born in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, guys, uh, we're going to do predictions, but please no spoilers here. If you Careful. know the answer to these questions, thank you. <laughs> we love y'all, but this is about to get... <laughs> this is about to get spoiler heavy. Our poor mods are like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and also... Uh, Apparently, and Andra means man in Greek. That's oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. And a babe in a cradle holding a sword... Yeah, how small is that sword? 
Like, do you think that baby's holding a full-size sword? Also, I, interesting, I so. interesting that the babe in the cradle is reminiscent of the dream that um, Min says that she saw Rand have when Moraine and her talk in the show. That, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is true. Um, and for the Gleeman, um, uh, a man, not him, juggling fire, and the White Tower. And she says that doesn't make any sense at all for a man. Tom is going to be a warder. You think Tom is going to be a warder? He's going to be good with them knives. And so I think that Tom will end up being a warder because they say right. that Tom is connected. I think that Egwene? Tom is going to be Egwene's warder. Egwene. Because I don't think, because she says Egwene and Lane don't end up together. She straight up says it. I don't think Egwene and uh, Rand ever end up together. Oh, and Rand. And Rand. Rand. I think um, that Tom Marilyn might become Egwene's warder. Huh. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Interesting. Okay, Darrow, thank you so much for that super chat. We really appreciate it. The first thing you do after finishing the Wheel of Time is read it's the Wheel read of the Time. read the Wheel of Time. Um, yeah, I was going to say, like... Yeah, <laughs> Eric says that's... swords are not a baby's accessory. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Huh, I didn't... She straight up says, you and you and Egwene love each other, but you're not for each other. Yeah. And I think yes. that Tom... I think that Tom Marilyn seeing the White Tower is impl- an implication that he's going to be a warder. And... He's connected to the five of them. I think that he becomes Egwene's warder. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just realized that even though I took a screenshot of this, I can, like, copy and paste book sections. My phone, like, recognizes the page. Ooh, Jeff throws out a theory here. A man juggling fire is his nephew that could channel. That's that's Owen. Owen. Right? Do we know that Owen was a Gleeman, though? No, but Owen could channel. Yeah. I love that theory, Jeff. I think that's really interesting that Min is seeing his past, not his future. Hmm, because okay. she is seeing, she's not just seeing people's futures here. She's yes. seeing like the truth of their lives. The seven towers. And so that's, uh, Jeff, I really like that theory that the the man juggling fire is his memory of Owen mm-hmm. and his like great loss. What is leading, he tells us in this chapter, what is leading him to follow these quests, even though he doesn't trust Moiraine. Yeah. He's on this journey because he Tom regrets hates. Owen's yeah. death. Tom hates the eye to die, so I can see mm-hmm. that. Um, For Perrin, we have um, a... A wolf, a broken Duh. crown. I know, a wolf. <laughs> wow. A broken crown and trees flowering all around him. He's going to end up living with the Ogiers. The Ogiers. Yeah, I think that Perrin, I think Perrin in the final battle, much like Pippin, rides the Ogiers into battle, into Isildur, or into Isengard. You mean takes, like, takes, like, Treebeard and the Ents? Yeah, yeah. Like, like Pippin and Merry bring Treebeard and the Ents into Isengard. I think that Perrin is the one that... the Ogiers and Wolves? Yeah, he gets the Ogiers and the Wolves in on the final battle. I love it. Yeah, that's what I think the trees flowering means. Kevin, thank you for the super chat. Um, thank you for the super chat, Kevin. Interesting. Yeah, trees flowering. I, Mm -hmm. I get that. I get that. I also wonder if, um, Perrin is going to be the one who becomes... Like, uh, the kind of healing type, right? Uh, this is based mm. on a little bit of, like, the show, right? Because he kind of takes to the way of the leaf a little bit. Yeah. And so I wonder if it's um, about the way of the leaf. And if that... There is definitely going to be bloodshed and battles here to come. And I wonder if Perrin takes a more aftercare approach. <laughs> I don't know, like... Did you just bring kink terms into... No, this? no, I mean like like aftercare is medical like care. BDSM. I know medical care and aftercare are different things. Aftercare is like what you like when you like 
put like a little bit of lotion on <laughs> your up, sub's you know bottom I mean. after Shut you spank them. Shut up, you know what I mean. I think I that I think that Perrin really brings the aftercare to the group. I think that like after the orgy, Perrin takes hey, care of everybody. Perrin is kinky as fuck. All right, all right. The wolves. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. God damn it. I think parents really into aftercare. Any, anyways, anyways. Aftercare is parents' kink. Never mind. Then for Matt. Uh, then for Matt, there's a red eagle, an eye on a balance scale, a dagger with a ruby, a horn, yeah, yeah. and a laughing face. I think the laughing face is the guy from Shadar Lagoth. One of the things about the horn that's interesting is when we did our spoiler chat for the finale, a lot of people were saying that Matt probably took, Matt, Matt being gone meant that Perrin had to kind of fit his role in the finale, talking to Pat and Fane. Um, and so Matt is the one that interacts with Pat and Fane in the horn in that scene, mm-hmm. as opposed to Perrin being the one to do it, which I think is what is uh, being led to in this. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, in terms of Matt, we know that Matt has a strong ancestral connection to Minethrin Yeah. Because of his random battle cry later mm-hmm. on. And so um, I think that at least some of this has to do with Minethrin. I wonder, the eye on a balance scale, mm-hmm. the balance scales always symbol like justice to me. Yeah. And so I wonder if like he is going to avenge Minethrin in a way, like in a roundabout way. Oh, seen as the balance of the bringing back Minethrin. Gregor, thank you so much for that super chat. Thank oh my you. god. That's that's the super califragilistic chat. chat. Yes it is. <laughs> Thank you so much, Gregor. Thank you. Wow. Um wow. Yes. <laughs> Happy New Year. I, I I love the idea of Matt bringing justice from Anethrin. That is beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how, and maybe it has to do with the horn. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> uh, Lirazel says Matt and the horn is a subtle reference to Matt being really horny. Oh, that yeah. that that makes yeah. Min, I knew I had something in common with him. Min Min knows. Min knows. Um, but, but I think, (laughs) you good? Yep. Uh, Okay, just checking. Um, yeah, I wonder if maybe, like, that has something to do with the horn, because I'm certain that the horn is the hunt for the great horn. Yeah. Right? Like, they bring this up so many times in these chapters. The horn of Valerie. Yeah. Valerie, whatever it is. They, they really want you to know that the great hunt, which is the title of Book two, yeah. I know because it says on the back of the book, um, that great hunt is a coming. <laughs> it's a coming, yeah. So that's that's my guess for that. I and I don't know the laughing face. I think might be the guy from Shadar Lagoth, but I, I'm not certain. Oh, more death, yeah, yeah, more that death. makes sense. Yeah. Um, there are other things can't, you can see what I mean. This time I can't make any ups or downs of it. And then Rand asks about him, and she almost laughs at him. Um. <laughs> Because there's so much going on. He's very important to the pattern. I guess. So a sword that isn't a sword. The It's the sword that cannot be touched that he needs to it's, break. The, Excalibur. The, the prof- no, no, no. It's the prophecy that we find out later. Oh, the prophecy The prophecy of later. the tear talks about the dragon having to touch the sword that cannot be touched. And so when she says the yeah. sword that isn't a sword. The sword that isn't a sword. Yeah, 100%. I'm putting it together. Y'all, big brain. I'm putting it together. Yeah, sword that isn't a sword. A golden crown of laurel leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Random Noman says that my adaptation of what Wheel of Time would be hard R. My adaptation of Wheel of Time would be NC-17, <laughs> meaning that it can be shown in theaters, but you're not allowed to print advertisements for it because it's for adults. Oh, God. It's this 18 plus. No, I, you could, you could easily do, you could very easily do 
a sexless wheel of time. There oh, is yeah. this is so mm-hmm. like this is not like Game of Thrones where like the sex and sexuality of it is kind of integral to the story that George R. R. Martin wrote, sometimes mm-hmm. to the detriment of that story. I think there's a, way too much violence against women in those books. Uh, pers- for my personal taste, yeah. um, especially because I read them when I was nine. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But uh, no, I, I think Wheel of Time is, is is way more than just the sex stuff. I am just horny, and so I add that into things unnecessarily. Um, like we will later in this Man. podcast as we add a sex scene into the Wheel of Time. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, so we have the crown of laurel leaves. I honestly, I have no idea what that means. Um, a, it's Jesus. Je- oh, He's yeah, Jesus. He's Jesus. You're right. A beggar's staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what I think the beggar's staff is? I this is this section is taking so long, but there's so much to talk about here. There's so much. Um, just one little bit. The beggar's staff is going to be. You know how at the end of the show he walks off on his own to like find himself and like to be away so he doesn't murder his friends. Oh. I think the beggar's staff is a hint that he's going to be alone for a, sec- a huge chunk of these books. Okay. I think Rand. I think Rand will. Di- I think Rand is in the book until the end of this book. I have a feeling Rand disappears for two or three books. Yeah. Because I think The Great Hunt, um, I because the third book is called The Dragon Reborn, right? Mm. I think Rand isn't in the second book at all. Or at, or at least very little. Or is like Luke Skywalker and they find him right at the end. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. Um, also, pouring water on sand, which I'm sure is not literal. I'm sure it's a metaphor for like bringing life back to Joe Cross thank you for that super chat oh my god Joe thank you so much that's incredible thank you I think it means at least some of these are correct I what our predictions I don't know I don't know but thank you so much Joe I really appreciate it I don't know I just think it's interesting to like if Harry Potter disappeared for a book how much more interesting would that be if they're like where's Harry and you're like I don't know and then he comes back and he's like I'm back baby this is my Daniel Radcliffe impression nailed it nailed it um, yeah, I think the water on sand is just bringing life back to maybe places where the blight has taken over. No, the Aiel Waste. Oh my god, he's going to bring water back to the Aiel Waste. And he's, because he's Aiel. Oh. He's going to bring water back to the desert and that he's going to bring life back to the Aiel. Right. He's going to bring them back into the it's world. it's like a winter desert, right? Yes, because there's no water there. Right. You can't cross because only an Aielman can find water, which right. Robert Jordan uh, definitely read Dune. Um, <laughs> oh, seriously, though. Like, the Aiel are basically the, um, the, 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 oh my god, what are they? The Arakans? Are they called Arakans? Ara- it's Arrakis. Uh, the Arakans, I guess? Um, yeah. So, the water to the sand is him bringing, like, life and rejuvenation back to his people, the Aiel. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 100%. No, oh, that's I, cool. I that's it. so cool. Yep. I did not catch that when we were reading. I'm, yeah. I'm flawed by that. The Fremen. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there we go. Um, I've seen both the Dune movies. You'd think I would know that. A bloody hand. I like one of them. Can you guess which it is? A bloody hand and a white hot iron. A bloody hand. I mean, he's going to kill a lot of people. That's, uh, that, that's too... Yeah, for sure. Uh, white hot iron. I think that at the end of the books, Rand becomes a launderer. I think that he like beca- he owns he opens a dry cleaner. You know, he just wants the simple life. Um, and he's no, not an iron like an a metal iron. They don't have irons. Oh, <laughs> I don't. They don't have irons that plug in with and use steam to de-wrinkle clothes. It's it's the apocalypse. 
Oh my god, no, it's like a metal, like... <laughs> I read it as a white hot iron as if he was, like, getting his clothes fancy for something. No, or... <laughs> no, no. I didn't even think about the other kind No. Of <laughs> the dry cleaner reborn. <laughs> Oh my god. There is a t-shirt for sure. <laughs> it's just Rand with his red hair. Just ironing clothes. Oh my god. Uh, well done. Well done, babe. You know, m- most of the time I'm like, God, I'm so in awe of how smart my husband is. And then sometimes... <laughs> hey, I said most of the time. I feel like that Whoa. was very nice. Someone clip it. Can you clip on YouTube? I don't know, actually. Um, okay, and last thing, three women standing over funeral buyer beer. I don't actually know how to pronounce This one I kind of it. have been spoiled on, so I don't know if I want to talk about because I don't want to spoil it for you, but uh, I, I, yeah. I think, oh, thank you for that super chat Man, thank plan. Thank you so much. I don't know if it's a spoiler. I think that polyamory is a bigger part of this world than it is ours. Because there's the warder with many husbands, or there's the, there's the Aes Sedai with many Unless, warders. Here's the thing, I don't. I think Rand. I, I, I yeah. there's been no reference to polyamory so far, and so I don't know if we're gonna see that. I wonder, and I have wondered this with no reason to. This is pure speculation, but I wonder if when Rand comes back, if he becomes something of an Aes Sedai, something of an Aes Sedai, mm-hmm. like the first like male Aes Sedai again from before, and one of those women is his warder. I think they're all going to be his warders. Okay. I think, like, the dragon needs multiple warders. Okay. Because One of them is probably Maureen. Here's what we learned, though, right? Is, no, I, I think they're all warders. I don't think any of them will be Aes Sedai. Okay, okay. Because here's what we know. The battle Aja need more warders. So if you're going, like, the ones who are doing fighting yeah. need to have more warders. And so I feel like Rand as the dragon in the big battle is going to have, like, his warders. Because I have a feeling that what it is going to be is that in the final battle, he's going to blow the horn and all the dead people are going to show up, very much like Minas Tirith. And then he's going to have this army of the dead. And then he's going to have to do some, like, really cool weave that's going to take him a long time. And there's going to be three crazy women just, like, killing every Trolloc and Fae that comes at him while he's doing his crazy weave. And it's going to be this epic dance moment around these women circling him. And the Aiel, I'm sure, are going to be involved. Oh, 100%. Right? Um... Yeah. Yeah, then... <laughs> Ishan says pairing with the polyamory aftercare for Rand. <laughs> God damn it. I... That was an accident. Anyways, um, the last thing is black rock wet with blood, which, uh, it's kind of... That might be Shadar Lagoth, but I don't know. Or, um, Shia Ghoul. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, so that's... Thank you for the super chat! <laughs> We've never seen that color before. I thank you so much. Thank you from Canada. We thank you from Canada for the y'all. This content is free. <laughs> no, no, we really appreciate that. Thank, mm-hmm. you. thank you. Um. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Red you. Red gang so much. here, Mihai. Uh, yes, for the red gang here. Super Califragilisticexpialidocious <clears throat> extra chat. No I extra. I, I don't know. I was it's like, super I don't Califragilisticexpialidocious plus. That's how we name things now. We just add a plus to the end. That was the Disney plus of Super Chats. The Disney plus... Oh, my God. Um, um, and then she does say, I see lightning all around you, some striking at you, some coming out of you. 
Hot. I don't know what any of that means, but you and I will meet again. Um, he's going to be really so, good with fire. Because interestingly, later Moiraine in the book says she's not good with fire and earth magic. Because they're like the male side. Yeah. And mm -hmm. she tells Egwene like, so I think that like lightning is like his thing. He's like Thor. He's like Thor. His name is Rand Al Thor. That. Mm. And he, he is thunderstruck. But not really because thunder is the sound. But like, yeah, lightning. <laughs> lightning and the thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very. Which is funny because it's actually lightning bolts and thunder. Um, uh, so I have a bone to pick with you, Queen. I know Freddie Mercury's dead, but um, if you could dig him up so that we could have this conversation about that lyric. What is the... Com oh, never mind. We, that's he, the song says thunderbolts and lightning, but it's mm -hmm. lightning bolts and thunder in real life. There's no such thing as a thunderbolt because thunder is a sound. Well, you know what? It rhymes. It just, fits in the song. All right, get over it. I'm, I'm just saying. He is... He is Thor, right? Uh-huh. And he has lightning. All right. Yeah, he's going to get a hammer, and mm -hmm. he's going to have Mjolnir, but it'll be like Maja apostrophe Ulnar. Jesus Christ. Okay, anyways. Yeah. Anyways, Rand so. is an Avenger. Intrinsical gets it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Rand is joining the Avengers. Avengers 5 or 6. What Avengers movie are they on now? I don't know. We Anyways, need to move on. We need we to have, move on. We have 50 minutes in. I know. So there's other stuff that happens in this town. First of all, um, Rand um, decides to like bully some white cloaks. No, no, no. We're not there yet. What? He finds Matt first. Okay, he finds Matt. And then, and then they find Pat and Fane. Oh, Pat, Pat and Fane happens first. Pat and Fane is in town. Yeah, and he's sketchy as... Like, how... Mm -hmm. Like, he is so sus... Like, I'm reading this, and I'm like, he's very clearly a dark friend. Because he hates Moraine. Yeah, yeah, Well, but we know that. That's tough because we know that information from the show, right? I don't know. It seems but very... His, his wagon was burned down. To be fair, like, his wagon was burned. He lost everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's he's like, I only have what I have on my back. Yeah, and then the eyeless shows up, like, 20 minutes later. Oh, a hundred... And here's the thing. Moraine's like, don't tell anyone where we are. Exactly. And then this person who's like, I don't like Moraine shows up, and they're like, this is where we're going to be. This is how long we're going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. you're like, shut up. Mm -hmm. Rand. Me. <laughs> Matt. Shut up. He is a yeah. peddler. Peddlers peddle information for money. Mm -hmm. What's you doing? Mm -hmm. I know that you know him. I know that you've met him previously, but maybe don't do that. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe yeah. don't. Mm -hmm. Maybe don't. Um, Pat and Fane, I wish we got the scene in the show because the actor who plays Pat and Fane is seriously one of my favorites on the show. I think yeah. that they did not give him enough to do. He's fascinating. Yeah. Everything he does physically is that character is great. Definitely and wish he had had more. This would have been really fun. Yeah, this this scene. Because he is like, he's, he, he, he makes me nervous mm -hmm. the way he's written and it's really well done. So yeah, so they meet Pat and Fane. They're like, we're going to be over here when they were told not to tell anybody. Um, and, and then so Matt he... decides to mess with the White Cloaks. Oh, yeah. Matt decides to pull a prank on the White Cloaks to mm -hmm. make them, like, trip and get their cloaks all dirty. And mm -hmm. Rand... And this is where I think we see the first instance of the madness of touching the source. Say it properly. What? This is the first time we see the Dark One's taint. There's a, there's a proper way to say it, and I'm not going to let you get away with that. You're right. This is the first time we see the Dark One's taint. Um, you're welcome. God. Mm, I'm kind of glad you can't clip on YouTube. Um, so, he literally, it, it, like, starts laughing at them, loses all sense of logic at mm -hmm. all, 
and fully just like cackles at them and they come over mm-hmm. and he's all big for his britches and I'm like dude you 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 are an idiot see th- but this is where we disagree mm-hmm. I don't think that this is the dark one's taint I think it's because the dark one's taint because Moraine we overhear Moraine and Egwene have a conversation later mm-hmm. or maybe it's Moraine no it's Moraine and Nynaeve's conversation after um, Shadar Lagoth mm-hmm. right where Moraine says that when you first channel you behave like crazy or not crazy, but you no, like... No, you get th- sick. At, no, no, no. But th- when you first channel, you will have these bouts of behaving in a way that you wouldn't have before and being overconfident and what? like... No, she doesn't I, I read that. it to you while I was reading it last night. Also, thank you. Oh, Sex Monkey, thanks for becoming... Chapter 21, Moraine and Nynaeve. Sea Stings got me. I No, they t- she talks about that it makes them sick. Yeah, but she also says that um, there's like different things that happen. And one of them is that like you will behave um, irrationally. Really? Um, I guess I missed that part. Headaches and numbness, and I can't believe I found that. Headaches and numbness and exhilaration all mixed together. You and you taking foolish chances or acting giddy. So when you first channel, you are likely to take foolish chances and act giddy. And so I think that that's what happens Mm. to Rand in that moment. I think that he's channeled for the first times, a couple of times now. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely a few times. he's having that, like, whoa, I have magic. I guess, I I guess. Yeah, I just just thought it was the madness. Um, I didn't even think about that. So, yeah, all right, fair enough. Thanks, y'all. Fair enough. That's one for nerdy, zero for Clarus. Can Can we start a tab? Can we start a toll here? Whatever. I like to win. Whatever. I still think that I am partially right. Maybe. Yeah. Um, because... He, I, he might experience those things worse than the women do because of the taint. Well, because he he has the same thing again when he's on the boat. And he starts, like, backflipping when they're, like, sailing. <laughs> yeah, but like, that's... What are you doing? Acting giddy and taking chances. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also... Uh, we'll talk about that channel. He, he, he channels a lot. Um, he channels a lot. Also, Monkey, thank you for joining uh, as a narg of the Nerd Table. Guys, uh, the uh, next week, the logo will be different for the... Right now, you just get the Nerdy Nightly logo next to your name, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Next week, um, I can't tell you what it is yet because the design isn't finalized. We wanted to show you a rough sketch, but we haven't like paid for it yet, so it felt weird. Mm-hmm. But just wait. It's it's amazing. It's so good. Uh-huh. The nargs uh-huh. of the nerd table are truly going to be nargs. That's all I can say. Yeah. We're um, so excited. <laughs> so then uh, they... So then, where were we? Well, so Rand, like, <laughs>, laughs at the White Cloaks and draws attention to themselves. Of yeah. course, you dumbass. Um, and He's about to... The White Cloaks don't know it, but they're about to get their handed to them. Oh, yes. Because mm-hmm. what happens is we go back to the inn. Um, or Marketeer, thank, thank you for joining. You, thank you for joining the nerd table. Um, they make it back to the, the place. And uh, who's there but uh, Nynaeve. Yeah. Nynaeve shows up and is like, yeah, I've been looking for you guys. Uh, and I love the scene. Where I love they, that Nynaeve's just there. Where, I love the scene where they find out she's there. And they're like, oh, I don't want to go into that room. And then they do it anyways. They don't like her. Nynaeve, no. In the show, they love her. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. everybody, like, not everybody in town, but the show never sets up that people don't like Nynaeve. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everyone is so happy. She, oh, my God. Thank you for those super chats. Glenn, thank you so much. <clears throat> um, Even though I shoot Sony, not Red Ring Cannon. Look. Just give me this. Oh, that exact copy. Uh, and just join to rewind the beginning. Oh, thank you, Tejas. Thank you for the super chat. Thank I appreciate that. Thank you so much for the super chat, guys. They don't, they don't <laughs> set up that people don't like Nynaeve. 
No. And it's so interesting because they really don't want to be around her. <laughs> well, because Nynaeve intimidates them, right? Mm-hmm. I, it's, I think it's less of not liking and more just, like, not knowing how to react around her. Like, she puts everybody on edge, except, well, even mm-hmm. Egwene. But Egwene, I think, looks up to that. The, I don't mean they don't like her. You're right. They put her, they, she puts them on edge in the books, whereas she makes them feel comforted. In, in the, the show. show, yeah. She is a comforting presence for them in the show, whereas she has the opposite effect. Yeah. Like, literally the full opposite effect in the, in the uh, yeah. books. Kevin, thank you so much for joining the nerd, Thanks joining so the much, nerd table as well. Um, um, so, the, there's a couple things I want to talk about Nynaeve, because mm-hmm. we have to push through this a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a two-hour episode, y'all. Sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just, this is huge. It's so much. Yeah, especially we added the extra chapter. So, Nynaeve knows... Uh, so, Nynaeve managed to follow them. Yeah. Because... Uh, she can track like a mother. Yeah. Thank you for that super chat. Holy CJ, crap, CJ. Thank you so much. Unbelievable. Oh my god. Um, uh, yes, maybe more than two <laughs> Let's do three. Um, so Nynaeve knows how to track incredibly well. Yeah. The book answers why Nynaeve follows them. Yes. And it answers that there is a wisdom that comes up to take her place. Mm-hmm. Like literally, remember last week when I was like, why does Nynaeve follow them? It is so irresponsible for her to leave her town without a wisdom. Yeah. And well, then the cause... book literally just says, oh yeah, we had a council meeting. We talked about it. There is a replacement. It, it, the it, mayor's it, daughter mm-hmm. and three boys disappear. Yeah, they send somebody after. They get someone to replace Nynaeve as the wisdom while that's happening, which makes sense. But yeah, in the in the in the show, they do not explain any of that, and you're kind of just like, what about all those injured people from the? I attack? was so grateful that they did this because yeah. it was one of those lingering threads from the show that I never understood why Nynaeve was ever there. Yeah, and the show literally just tells you. Yeah, it just the or sorry the book the book just tells it's you. the book yeah oh and it. It also makes sense. And then I love that they were like arguing, like she was arguing with the men about it. And she's like, ah, oh, screw this. She goes to the women's circle and is like, I'm going, here's what's up. And they <laughs> yeah. don't even bother. They're, she's like, they're probably still arguing about who to send, even though I left already. Like, I love yeah. that. I, I, I do appreciate the, because they make the same comment. Um, I think it's Moraine makes a comment to Egwene where she's like, you would have ended up on the cir- women's circle running things, even though the men think that they're running things. And I was like, That's, <laughs> this world is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. So Nynaeve shows up, her and, she wants them to go back, and Rand sits down at the table, and he's like, nah, we're not doing it. He's like, it. we can't. We literally can't. And it's funny. Pay attention. <laughs> even, the, even as much as they, like, don't want to be in the situation they're in, they understand mm-hmm. that they can't go back. Uh, VK oh, 100%. Detroit, welcome to the Nerd Table. Thank, Thank you, VK. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, they have this really interesting conversation with Nynaeve at one end of the table, Maureen at the other at the mm-hmm. end. And, you know, they're adults about it, which I appreciated that they didn't just like shirk away from going into the room. Yeah. Um, thought it was really well done. And then Maureen and Nynaeve have their own conversation together, which we're not privy to. Yeah. But it makes a lot of sense. Um, and, uh, and then what happens? Do you think that in that scene, uh, Maureen tells Nynaeve about the dragon or no? About the dragon? Yeah. I don't think because so. thus far the dragon reborn has not been brought up to these five at all. Yeah, no, it's under the concept of the dark one wants you, and anything that the dark one wants, I oppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the, she hasn't told them yet that she thinks that they're the dragon, which the show tells us in the opening monologue. Yeah, no, that's true. That is true. Um, no, I don't think she mentions it in that conversation because um, mm-hmm. it doesn't come up later. Um, I yeah, I don't think so. Um, Never Bluffs wants to know on what scale is the book compared to the show. Never scale three episodes from now. There's going to be two more chapter episodes. And then the third episode is going to be our reflection on book one as a whole. Yeah. And I want to save that 
conversation for once we've read the entire book. Yes. Let's get there and then we'll... We're only halfway through. So we want to... We wanna... But I don't think it's going to be favorable to the show. Um, uh, just based on the book so far. Uh, so the, they, they kind of all decide to keep going. Nynaeve's not happy about it. And they all go to bed. And Rand goes downstairs... And there's just a fade in the hallway. You He's ran, just Rand there. goes to get a glass of milk. Yeah. He's like, milk will help me sleep. Yeah. Milk is sugar. Yeah, but warm... Your body Here's processes a... milk as sugar. Yeah, but warm milk actually is... For children. Because you're calcium deficient. You're growing. They're If you're farmers. an adult... If you're an adult person, milk They're does farmers. not do anything do for you. Do you think they know what proteins and fats and no. micronutrients and macronutrients are? Do you, no, But no. Milk, milk does process the sugar, so it's not going to help you sleep. No, but I'm sure they believe it does because it helps babies sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it goes to get a glass Ooh, of milk. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's like a mental thing from when you're a child. It's like, it's not even about the milk. It's about the like remembering suckling on your mom's tit. And so it like puts you to sleep because you remember that. I hate that. Um, so the fade. Big milk up. debate stand back. <laughs> the, the, the fade shows up. Fade shows up and is like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, walks towards him. And uh, <laughs> Rand is just like, all right, this but is it. This the is the end. Just, like, is there. Just and he's like, where's end. everybody else? And Rand, and I'm like, Rand's like, it's not that, it, I mean, it's a big inn, but it's not that big an inn. It's not that big. Yeah, You yeah, can't yeah. just kill him and find them. Like, the, and then the Fade like hears footsteps and he's like, I'm out. And I'm like, you had, what, what, what's happening? <laughs> That's well, ba- that's a bad think- fate. Look, I'm telling you, that fate is getting fired by he's the end of this fired. series. No, I mean, look, he he's there for information. He cannot hurt Rand, right? They say Rand belongs to the Dark One. Stop spoiling the milk supplant. <laughs> oh God, no, it, like it, it's, he's not a bad fate. He's just he's there to to see who all is there and what they're up against, and they are prepared with their trap, right? Who? When they flee the city, they're they're prepared with like fists of Trollocs. Oh yeah, there's three right? fists. Yeah, and yeah, so true. I don't, you know, he's not there to actually kill anybody. He's there to find out who's all there and and what is helping, and and what aid they have. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, so the fate is there, and they're like, well, we gotta peace out, and they leave the city. Um, and what happens? Why is didn't the we white get this cloaks, in the show? I know the white cloaks try to stop them leaving the city. Yeah. They're like, "Oh yes, dark friends, be wary." Oh, mm-hmm. that Rand fellow, dark friend, you don't walk in the light. And and then Marina's like, "Excuse me, hold my beer," and literally becomes like giantess Moraine. She she goes she goes full Ant Man yeah, in yeah, yeah, Ant Man yeah. two yeah and mm-hmm. becomes forty feet tall and i was like you can do this yeah why why did we not get you this can... in the show i, have, I want oh my god i'm hitting just... out so bad in my you don't want to be moist crossing the blight hoodie um redbubble.com slash people slash nerdy nightly why did we not get giant moiraine i it's don't know so freaking cool i know right it's so cool. and like it, that would have been bigger than like lady demetrescu you know what i mean oh my like, god I, would, been, like, I want her to step on me yeah a 40 foot tall rosamond pike can you imagine the kinks it would unlock in the world? Oh, God. Edgar, thank you so much for the super chat. Like, can you... Oh, I know it's an illusion. Everyone in chat saying it's an illusion. I know it's an illusion. I'm not saying she's physically 40 feet tall. But I'm saying, but can like, you imagine the visual image on the show of her, of her becoming 40 foot tall and stepping over a castle wall? Yeah. That You throw that in the trailer of your television show? And can you... Like, 
people people would have freaked out. It would have been such an amazing image. And I, I don't... <laughs> Maureen drank her milk. Maureen drank her milk. Not her milk, though. She drank someone else's milk. No. She, she... wasn't just, like, squirting it in her mouth. No. Um... <laughs> God, you... <laughs> Wow. There's a woman who does that on TikTok. Um, Of course there is. uh, Of course there is. I just just think this is why this was so cool. I was reading it downstairs. I was lying on the couch downstairs and I was screaming up what was happening to her because she had already read it. And I was literally yelling the actions up the stairs as they were happening because I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. 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 It was, oh God, it was something. And so, yeah. They so we, flee. They're on the run. The, and they these run. The Trollocs, Trollocs apparently can like run f- as fast as horses. Yeah, which is terrifying. Which is horrifying. Oh my God, I hate over that. Over short distances, like a dwarf. Mm-hmm. But great over short distances. We dwarves are natural sprinters. We're natural sprinters. <laughs> so dwarves uh, and Trollocs, uh, same thing, confirmed. I both. would watch a dwarf and a Trolloc, you know, bone down. Stop it. I would watch that. You Thank you for the super chat. Faith. Um, Rand so has been struggling with his parentage. What does Tim telling Nynaeve tell you about the relationship? Ooh, good question, Faye. That is true. They they, they are... Nynaeve reveals to Rand that he is not born, not born. in Emmons Field. Not that his dad is in his dad. No, 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 no. But that he is not, that he is brought to yeah. Emmons Field. But it is, baby. but it is interesting that Rand, Rand definitely respects Nynaeve in, in a, almost like a tutor kind of way. Mm-hmm. Being like, look, yeah. this is like, I, I need someone to speak to. And she is a Two Rivers person. And so he he thinks, he feels like he can trust her more than he can Tom or Maureen, for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah, I forgot about that moment. Well, and he knows, he goes to her born. because he knows that she knows. Because she's the, mm. um, the she's wisdom. She's the wisdom. Yeah. So she would know. Yeah, a hundred percent. So they're on the run and it's pretty brutal. Like these Trollocs, they're blowing the horns in the distance. It's, it's, the tension is high. And I, I really love everything that's happening here. They're, they're just going, they're going, they're going. They're trying their best to stay ahead of these Trollocs. And then they come over a hill and there's just Trollocs down below with a fade. And I was like... They're screwed. Oh, they're so screwed. Yeah, I was like, they're dead. And Land goes, follow me, raises his sword in the air and goes full Aragorn and just charges. And I was like... For Frodo, like... <laughs> I, I, like, I was on fire. I was like, what, what, what? Yeah. They can't, they don't know how to fight. They're children and they're... And yet, they pull out their weapons and start, like, they're like, Manetherin! And then Matt has this, like, chant. I didn't take a picture of it. But Mm -hmm. Matt somehow intrinsically knows the, like, war call of Manetherin and its warriors, which is very cool. Because afterwards, they're like, what did you say? And he's like, oh, I I thought it was going to be the taint. Because I didn't know that it was a war cry of Manetherin. So, no, but I thought, like, because Matt is a little bit closer to the darkness than the others. You thought he was casting? I thought it was something. Okay. Um, and so very... Karai al-Kaldazar, yes. Mm, um, mm, mm, very cool. Yeah. So they run in, and Moiraine is using her staff, which she does have a staff like Gandalf. I understand why they got rid of that for the show. It would have looked too similar. The Red Eagle. The Red Eagle, yeah. From oh, from prophecy. the prophecy. From, well, is, from Min- is, Minef- Min- is the, Min- is the um, banner of Minethra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Moiraine has turned her staff into a flamethrower... Which is rad. And then... I want one. I, I want a staff flamethrower too. Um, Rand definitely channels. Has to. Yeah. There's no way he stays on his horse um, without channeling. Is axing it up. 
You know what maybe, I mean? Maybe Matt can't channel. He's the only one who didn't fall off his horse. Or he or who, who did fell, fall yeah, off yeah. his horse. That's possible. Maybe, yeah, ma- Matt might be the only one. And when it looks like they're definitely about to lose, because they're definitely about to lose, Lan beheads a fade, and the Trollocs pull, they go full B1 battle droids from the Phantom Menace, yeah, and they yeah, basically yeah. just collapse in agony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I kind of hate. Because I I don't love stories where the bad where the like minions of the bad guy cut your head off the snake. Yeah, the cutting off the head off the snake and so the battle's over is a little bit boring to me. Um, I'm hopeful that like they in battles lot, with multiple so. fades. Well, and it is like my biggest problem with the Night King, right? Is like you kill the Night King and oh, okay, it's over. Yeah, but um, it happens in Shadar Lagoth as well. So. Oh yeah, it does. So it's, it's like, going to be a common mm, theme. Sorry. I'm hopeful that when there's multiple fades around, maybe they stick together. You know, um, but. The, mm-hmm. the the connection between the Fades and the Trollocs is interesting, though, because it clearly goes all the way up to Shao Ghul, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is what I'm going to call the Dark One, because he has so many other names. I don't know what it, It's too many names. So Shao Ghul is the place where he is. That's where it's connected to. All right. So Lan cuts off a Fade's head. And if you, if you didn't think I loved Lan before, boy, howdy do I love him now. You got to cut those eyeless right at the neck. <laughs> um, and... So different from the show. Yeah. Because, first of all, where is this battle? This battle is so important. Uh This battle is so important to who these characters are. Mm -hmm. Because Rand sees battle for the first time. And the way that Robert Jordan writes the battle is incredible. And then the way that he writes Rand remembering the battle. Because he writes that Rand doesn't remember. He's like, I don't remember it. I don't, like... And you wouldn't, right? The adrenaline Mm -hmm. would be so insane. You Mm -hmm. would not... You would not be able to recall anything with clarity, right? Like, your body is on fire. Um, and I, yeah, um, yeah. C-Sing wrote, uh, RJ was, uh, Robert Jordan was in a war himself. I, I, I know he was. I don't remember which uh, war he's a veteran of. But there is something Vietnam. about Vietnam. The way he writes the aftermath of the battle mm-hmm. was so real world to me. It was, you know, fantastical and in this world, but it was so so real to me that I was like this is an incredible this I I wonder if writing this moment was a moment of catharsis for him putting to words what he felt in real life yeah because it's so well done it it really is that whole sequence of Rand in the moments after is is really stunning yeah there are certain human experiences that unless you have experienced them I don't know if you can convey properly oh I could never have written that right yeah Yeah, yeah. never no and then and it's beautiful and um you know, I'm. It's really incredible what he's left behind, like his mm-hmm. legacy, and and like reading this book. Yeah, I I feel like feel like I understand just a little bit about him, just just a little bit. Yeah, and that's the you know I think that that's really special. Well, um, and it, it strikes me as the big battles are so well written in his read in his writing that it strikes me as weird that the big battles are such a weak point for the show in the show yeah like one-on-one fighting the show does rather well i think the cold open of episode seven um on the dragon mount with um ran's mother is a really well shot action yeah anytime there's multiple combatants in a fight the show really struggles to place the camera and really struggles to give the audience the awareness of what's going on yeah and it's so weird to me that that's such a point of strength in the writing like the the difference between those two things is is very odd yeah. Um, so, but in this, Moiraine is not hurt. She's not, like, incapacitated for two episodes. She is fully aware, but... But she, she's very weak. They are in such dire straits. Mm-hmm. It is so bad that she allows them to be led into Shadar Lagoth. 
Yeah. Instead of being carried in and being unaware and making it like this choice she didn't make, yeah. she agrees to it. Huge difference. And says a lot more about the relationship between Lan and Moiraine and yeah. how much she trusts him. Yeah, as opposed to waking up and being like, you've killed us. Like, no. oh, wow, okay. Like. So they go, they stable their horses in a building. It's not really what stabling is, but it's fine. Um, then uh, Matt is like, yo, let's, let's like go mess around with shit. Matt is such a dumbass. But I appreciate that before they go, Moiraine, because in the show, Moiraine is like, don't touch anything. And yeah. so it's weird that they touch things. Whereas in this book, she doesn't get a chance to. They just take off. They just leave. I'm like, God damn it, you freaking dumb dumbs. And they're, they they run into this dude. <laughs> and I appreciate it. I love the way they described it. The guy? No, no, or... no, the city. Because they walk oh. into like a sports stadium where they're like, why are there all these benches? Like, why would you have this field? Like, why would you have oh, this dome? that's what it was. I thought it was a church or like or a theater. Kind. Or like a theater, maybe? Yeah, yeah, they're like rows and rows of pews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the rows of benches. Like, and there are buildings with, there were buildings with five domes. Each dome could house all of them in field. And yeah. I was like, this city sounds futuristic. Yeah. Not, and not like, uh, like, in, it's just, in, yeah. Yeah, it was anyway. very, very cool. Like. So they. Yeah, should I look on? They run into dope. a dude in the stadium, I think. And he's like, hey, can you help me carry some treasure? And mm -hmm. him introducing himself as a treasure hunter, I was like, I, I really appreciated that the book was like, oh, yeah, people would go there. Human beings are dumb as bricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. If there might be treasure, we will ignore everything. But the Trollocs and the Fade remember. Yep. Mm -hmm. Trollocs and the Fade, they remember. Yep. They're like, hell no. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So we get, his name's Mortal. More death. More death. More death. Because there were, I swear to God, there were two <laughs> If different someone names. tells you their name is More Death, yeah, leave more them alone. More death. No, Mashadar is his master. Mashadar is his ma okay, yeah. okay. Mashadar is the, like, is the darkness names. underneath um, Shadar Lagoth that More gotcha. Death serves. Okay, because I, because that actually, that part confused me. I was like, why does this thing have two names? Yeah, so More Death is like, hey, I got some treasure. Why don't you come with me? And leads them in this dark, deep tunnel. Like oh, there's light down like, there. Don't worry. Yeah, there's light down there. Don't worry about it. Whatever, it's fine. And the, 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 these boys are like, okay. <laughs> oh, treasure. Oh, oh boy, kids. Matt, we're gonna go get some treasure. Fucking mm, yeah, yeah. They're they're kids. They're kids. They're mm -hmm. kids. And it you know it it definitely shows. Like I can't believe. Yeah, I kind of I'm reading this and I'm like, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. It reminded me of when Ariel follows um, Ursula. In The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And you're like, you dumbass. Yeah. I could just hear Mordeth like humming poor unfortunate souls as he's going down the stairs. Mm -hmm. um, and then Mordeth becomes... So they meet the treasure. And then... They meet the treasure. They, yes. Mordeth becomes a big shadow. Well, yeah, because they mention the others and the Aes Sedai. Thank um, you, Edward for, or Edgar, Edgar, for that uh, super chat. so much. It would have been nice to see Mordeth in the show, yes. Um, well, we could say that about yeah. almost everything in the books. Um, so, and yeah. he hears about the Aes Sedai, hears about Tarvalon, and he's like, he nopes out. He, mm -hmm. like, becomes a big shadow creature and then flees. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, mm, not today. Mm -hmm. um, and, <laughs> and of course, Matt takes the dagger. 
Yeah, which um, we won't find out till later, but, but we know because we saw the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they they GTFO. And they see that there are people clearly watching them as they leave and get back to Moraine. And Moraine yeah, they is can like feel people watching them. And I'm, I look, I, I, I as much as I love how they did it in the book here for sure, that kind of thing is almost impossible to portray in a show. Like the feeling of yeah. eyes on you. The show version of the show version of Shadar Lagoth is good to me. Yeah, like that's fine adaptation. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I know we missed Mordeth, like the actual yeah, yeah. physical representation of it. But I, I'm and not I'm fine mad. with the Trollocs not being in the city. Like honestly, Shadar yeah. Lagoth is one of those things where I'm like, I would have adapted it similarly. Yes, yeah. unless Mordeth becomes really important later, it's it's too big a thing to introduce in a TV show. Yeah, it's a lot. So I'm kind of like, yeah. okay, Shadar Lagoth, I understand why you did what you did there. Hundred percent. Um, so then Moiraine tells the story of Grima Wormtongue, um, and the story of Rohan, but Gandalf doesn't show up at the end, so Grima Wormtongue brings Rohan to ruin because it doesn't go to Minas Tirith's aid. I'm sorry, <laughs> but Mordeth is Grima. I know. Shadar Lagother Aldihar is, uh, Rohan. Yeah. And Manethrin is Minas Tirith. Yep. And when the, because Rohan did not go to Manethrin's aid, Rohan becomes Shadar Lagoth. And Grima Wormtongue is the only person left in town. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, I, I, no, you're you're a hundred percent right. I just hate how right you are. That I she was as she was telling the story of Mordeth, I was like, oh, it's Grima Wormtongue and yeah, yeah, yeah. Rohan. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then was... the beacons are lit, and <laughs> Rohan does not ride to the raid. Well, and they changed it for the show, right? It's like. Huh. It, there's no person involved. It's just yeah, that yeah, the yeah. city didn't go to aid them. Yeah. Um. So it's a little bit different, but yeah. But with with it with it being more death whispering in the king's ear, I was like, you're like, oh, that's... this is so funny. This is literally you me, have the story no of Rohan and Minas Tirith. Here. Yeah. And Minas Tirith is Minethrin. It's the white city in the mountain. Yeah. Like the the world. Robert Jordan loves Lord of the Rings, and right. I love Robert Jordan for his love of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because Lord of the Rings is. 2,000 years ago in this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that that is just, uh, you can see it. Like, Lord of the Rings happened. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome that it happened. Yeah. Not literally, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The folklore of it. And I love it. I don't mind. Things are inspired by other things to create oh, other great things. I don't mind, right? Yeah. I'm, I, it's just fun. It's and, just fun. And the homage to Lord of the Rings in this book doesn't feel like it is the center of this book. It feels like it is a nice homage that is, like, fun details, but this story is wholly original. It's, and that's the way to do it. Yeah, it's tastefully done, mm -hmm. but it's not a ripoff. Yeah. I, I, most yeah for that so yeah so they um they get back to their campsite and Lan has been out looking for them and Nynaeve's like you are so dumb <laughs> <laughs> like, and then and then Nynaeve is like it's Matt's fault she just straight up says that and Maureen is like yeah and I was like Matt's <laughs> fault 100% she's like the other two become absolute idiots around him and I'm like that's how teenagers work yeah um, thank you so much for the super chat. Compulsion spell cast on the boys in chapter two. I did not catch that there was a spell. Compulsion spell? It impacts all Rand's interactions with Moraine. I don't think it does. I think Rand has a mommy kink because his mom was never there. Oh my God. Rand has mommy issues. And so no. he has this like, there's some, there's a there's a thing with him and Moraine. Are you, by, I don't know what you mean by compulsion spell. Do you mean the coins? I don't think, I don't think there's a compulsion there's a cons spell. There, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think there's. Yeah. Um, but so they, they fight with Nynaeve verbally, not like physically. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then Land comes back and is like, the Trollocs, the Trollocs came into the town and we've got to run. And so they get going. And then 
the, the the they flee and there's Trollocs and there's fate and there is so much that happens in this next chunk. Oh my god, yeah, reading this was like I had to read this section like three times. <laughs> Each paragraph I would go back to try and understand because I wanted to really understand the geography of what was happening. Mm-hmm. And what I like about it is that there is enough there to kind of understand, but Rand is clearly so lost that you don't really understand. Mm-hmm. But the God Mashadar and like the way that it grabs the fade and the way he describes the fade's death as this silent scream so piercing oh that it hurts God. your ears yeah. was amazing. Yeah. And so Rand and uh-huh. Rand runs into Matt. They get separated. Rand runs into Matt. They flee. And then for the first time in the entire book, mm-hmm. point of view shift. Yep. Yes. It's not Rand's point of view anymore. We get, um, who is it first? Do we get We're halfway Parrot? through the section we read. So mm-hmm. this will be a two and a half hour episode. We'll see. Um, we started off with gen- general thoughts too, right? Yeah, yeah. So is it Perrin that we get first? Is that our first shift of yep, point of view? We get Perrin who... Um, Perrin's the only other point of view we get. No, we get Nynaeve. Oh, yeah, Nynaeve. We yeah, do get Nynaeve yeah, yeah. later. Um, you are right. Yeah, so Perrin manages to escape mm-hmm. and literally like pulls a Skyrim on his horse and falls off a cliff into a river. <laughs> like, I literally did that same thing last Saturday in my... I was, like, running up a cliff. He and the cliff, himself into the river. The cliff and Dan. No. Um, and so, unfortunately, I don't think his horse survived, which sucks. He thinks it swims away. He's hopeful. He's hopeful. But, yeah, they... Horses uh, are notoriously good swimmers. Okay. The horse, uh, Horses can swim. So can moose. It's why killer whales are one of the um, natural predators of mooses. Because moose will swim to islands and killer whales will attack them in between. Oh my god. Yeah. Wild. Um, oh, thank you, Dakuna, for dropping my Twitch link. Uh, yeah, that happened. Um, and Perrin swims to shore. Yeah. And, yeah, gets rid of his cloak, but he's like, I gotta keep this axe. Gotta keep this axe. Thank God. Thank you so much for that super chat. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate that a lot. Um. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you. he keeps his axe. He gets to the other side of the river because Perrin can swim. And if you can swim in shoes and carrying an axe, mm-hmm. he's got muscles. He's got damn muscles. Oh, God, um, yeah. And then he, like, goes to bed. He goes to bed. Yeah. 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 He, yeah, he passes I, out. I really appreciate in this section of the book how they set up how capable all the Emmons fielders are in the wilderness. Yeah. Like they have snares on them. They all know how to hunt. They all can apparently use slings to get a rabbit from like 40 feet, which is not an easy shot. No, but uh, you know. Even Egwene can though. Yeah. I feel like if you're growing up in a small town at a farm, like you need to occupy your time somehow. Oh, and that's why they can all shoot the bows. I'm just glad. Things. I'm just glad. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Land teaches them all how to use their weapons. Yes. That, that should have been in the show. That should have been in the show. Yeah. Land, land yeah. is, um, where's yeah. the ax in the show? Yeah. Like really, where is the ax? Yeah. It seems very important. Does he just find an ax in season two? Cause that, that ax means something. It is made for him by his, by master Luhan. Yeah. Like there's so much relevancy to the max. They should have had the ax in the show and it should have been made by his wife and he should be carrying the, the ax that his wife made him and that would keep his wife relevant through the whole show. And the fact that there's nothing about that wild. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So there, so he goes to bed, wakes up and is like, you know Still what? Soaking wet. I saw a Gwen kind of go the same way that I did. She can't swim as well as I do, so she probably got pushed further down river. Yeah, he's so smart. Yeah. Guys, Perrin is so smart. But he thinks things all the way through before he acts. Yeah. And that is an interesting character. He's the opposite of Matt. Yeah. And so he goes down river, finds her, uh-huh. sneaks up on her, doesn't just be like, hey, Egwene. He sneaks up on her and she freaks she a little. She almost like yeah. shoots him. And 
they uh, they just they 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 are there together, and it's yeah. so sweet. And every time that she's always like, "Rand is Rand okay?" They really push that like she, they're not talking; they're mad at each other. But uh, I, he does apologize a little bit, but. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she every, her first thought is Rand, 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 Rand. Mm-hmm. So then, let's just keep going with their story for a bit, and then we'll yeah. go back. Let's let's do that. We'll do theirs. We'll do Nynaeve's, and then we'll do the boys. Sounds good. So they run into Elias, the Wolfman, and this is where the show really drops the ball for me mm-hmm. because in order to keep the mystery of who the dragon is for the show, yeah, they cut Elias and they cut Parent immediately finding out that he's the Wolf Brother. And I know I said this at the beginning of the episode, yeah. but I don't remember what I said. And I think that it is really telling to me that they prioritized the mystery they wanted to tell, the, the mystery they wanted to make out of the dragon, over telling the story of Perrin. Yeah. And Perrin gets completely sidelined as a character and his plot gets pushed to the side because they wanted to have the week-to-week cliffhanger of who is the dragon yeah and i think that it is oh i honestly think it is a weak choice i understand why they did it because in television writing it is easy Mm -hmm. but they made the easy choice and not the right one in this case yeah yep i agree Uh, we don't we're because we're sitting there wondering like what the hell is going on with perrin Mm -hmm. and we did we never find out anything about him in the show except that he killed his wife which isn't even in the books yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of one of those things where i'm like uh yeah. Um, also, like, Bella's fine. Oh, Bella, yeah. Bella's fine. Bella, the horse. Important. Is fine, thankfully. Um, but Elias immediately is like, oh no, you're a wolf brother. How much They're telling want... me. <laughs> I, I, I feel like Rand may have accidentally made Bella, like, godlike and basically immortal. Yeah, Bella. She can run like crazy and, and swim like crazy. She, mm-hmm. like, like. She drags a Gwen across the river. Uh, I think Bella's going to outlive all of them. Bella Bella um, is given superpowers, confirmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Bella She's is the actually the Dragon Reborn. <laughs> yeah, Bella is the Dragon Reborn. Um, but so they meet Elias, and Elias is like, these are my wolves. Uh, but yeah. not my wolves. We're just friends. We're buddies. And um, they, uh, you are also a wolf brother. I know because they can hear your thoughts. And so they lie and tell the story about how they're from Saldia, which is a place we keep hearing about. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The wolves are like, dude, we can hear your thoughts. Yeah, they're like, uh, We can hear your thoughts. You is a liar. You is a liar. And so yeah. they have to tell Elias the whole story. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'll feed you. I'll take you. It's all good. The wolves like you. So we're, we're, we're going to treat you right. Yeah. They t- they hang out with the, they hang out with him for a bit, but then they run into these dogs who don't like the wolves, but then the dogs are puppy dogs because they're, they're the fine. tinkers. Yeah. We found we the Tarathan. Tarathan. To, mm. to a th- uh, on something like that, uh, guys. Do you know how hard this book is for me as a dyslexic person? <laughs> All the apostrophes and double letters. You're like, am I reading that correctly? I to off a uh, on or whatever it is took me about ten minutes to get through. Tinkers is so much easier. Yeah, I get that. Um. So the to a th- uh, on. Thank you. Uh. So they meet the to a th- uh, on and. <laughs> I really love this interaction mm-hmm. because they know Elias and they know that Elias is their complete opposite. Yeah. But he's welcome at their fire. Mm-hmm. And Egwene is really into Aram. She's like, that boy, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get my dance on. 
Um, I get my dance on. It's not Rand, so like, you know, it's just going to be a dance. Mm, but uh, for now. I'm going to get my dance on. And Perrin uh, sits and stays with the grandparents, who are beautiful characters, like really beautiful characters. And they tell him the most important part of this chapter, by far, which is the story that the Aiel woman tells the Tinkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have it? Yep. So they, they tell the story about an Aiel woman who was of the Maidens of the Spear who killed... The, these Maidens of the Spear killed all these Trollocs in the Aiel Waste and ran into some Tinkers and tells this prophecy, I think it is? Yeah, Leaf... Oh, Edgar. Thank you, Edgar. Thank you. How do you pronounce the names and words? Mm-hmm. <gasps> Thank you for that. Um, so the prophecy... I think it's more fun for the podcast if we have no idea. Just saying. <laughs> we just make it up as we go. Yeah. Leaf blighter means to blind the eye of the world. Lost one. So he's calling the, the, the leaf guy lost one. He's calling the tinker lost one. But the leaf blader yeah. is that? Leaf, leaf blighter is one of the, is, is the dark one. Okay. It's what the eel, I eel call the dark one. Right. No. Leaf blighter means to blind the eye of the world. He Which means... I thought the eye of the world was a place. Isn't that where we meet the Dark One at the end of the show? That's what I thought. He means to slay the Great Serpent. Which is the wheel. Yeah. Like, I think that the Dark One aims to break time and Mm -hmm. space as we know it. Um, Like, kind of, like, break our reality. Mm -hmm. Warn the people, Lost One. Sightburner comes, which is also another name for the Dark One. Yeah. Tell them to stand ready for he who comes with the dawn. Tell them... Which is the dragon. And then she died. Yeah. So I think the serpent is like the serpent eating its own tail for infinity, right? That is my guess. Which is like similar to the world serpent from Norse mythology. And like there's a lot of these like large serpents that are the turning of the world in our modern mythology. Or in not modern mythologies, but in mythologies that we're familiar with. I think that it is the version of that. And I think that the like infinity symbol that you see is sometimes the wheel of time symbol is also sometimes a serpent that's like... Is yeah. the infinity symbol, which I think mm-hmm. is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he means to kill that, which would in turn break the wheel, which would... It, it's the metaphor of all those things, breaking time and becoming, you know, reforging the world in his image. Yeah, yeah. And so the fact that the Aiel are aware of this, that Rand's people are aware of this, is fascinating. Yeah, because Rand mm-hmm. is definitely going to... We're, we're going to get... I think it's Rand who's going to find the Aiel, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I think that... Because um, they're his people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. At, at the beginning of the book, I was kind of like, I knew the Aiel existed because of because of the show and from comments and stuff. But yeah, I definitely think it's Rand. It makes sense thematically, and yeah. it makes sense with this. Um, yeah. It's great. It was really cool. Yeah. And Elias is like, why would I know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't, I don't understand anything you just said. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and I was reading, I was like, me too, until I really think about it. Um, so then, that's kind of it. For the Tinkers storyline. That's kind of it from... That's where we leave uh, Egwene and Perrin. They reunite that night. Uh, Egwene is very upset. She's like, please tell me that they're alive. And yeah. Perrin is like, I'm sure they are. Yeah. We'll, we'll find them in next week's Nerdy Wordy Book Club. <laughs> so let's jump all the way back. Nynaeve hitches her horse to a tree. And she's like, I think... Or no, she runs into some Trollocs. And they sniff the air and leave her alone. That She remembers that happening, yes. Yeah. yes. And they're like, ooh... And, the, and Nynaeve in the book goes, oh, they really aren't after me. Which yeah. is 
Hey, even yep. even in Emmons Field, they only attack the farms that yep. the boys are from. Yep. So, but it's interesting that because she is involved, we know that because Min says so. So mm-hmm. she's involved in a way that the Dark One doesn't know, which is fun. Oh, that's true. The, the Dark, Dark One, One doesn't know Tom, her, or Egwene are involved. No, no, he is or, only after the I, three. Boys. I think Lan and Myrene as well. That's so interesting. he can't be all knowing. Um. Yeah, that's actually really true. Yeah. He's only sent them after the boys. Huh. Um, and then so she like sneaks up on um Moraine and Lan. And they're Moraine and Lan are so focused on the bigger picture mm-hmm. that they totally miss it. And Lan is like a little chuffed about it. He's like, God damn. Yeah. And she's and Moraine and Nynaeve have a really important conversation where Moraine's like, Oh no, you can channel. You've been channeling all this time. Yeah. And then Nynaeve is like, Oh yeah. And she's like, How did you find us at the inn? It's because when you heal someone, you feel connected to them. Yeah. Which is rad. Fascinating. And we find out that the danger of touching the one power without any training leads to death. Mm -hmm. Unless you can figure out a way, unless you can figure it out on your own. Even for women, right? It's not just men who die. But women obviously die for different reasons. And Nynaeve is like, oh yeah, the Wisdom's Apprentice before me died like that. Died like that. And there was a woman uh, in Darren... Vale. There was another apprentice. Who yeah, where the hot guy that um, Perrin keeps comparing Aram from, um, he right, right, she right. also died of this, and I was like, oh. yeah, <laughs> right. And and I think that that is super fascinating because mm-hmm. it sets Nynaeve apart even more that yeah. she can do this and she has some kind of control over it, and she doesn't just like keel over and die. And yeah. maybe that's how Nynaeve is actually able to track, right? Maybe she's oh, it's actually channeling. Not, yeah, maybe she's not like the world's greatest hunter tracker. Maybe she just listens to the wind, or, or it's oh, the one power leads her where she needs to go. Potentially, yeah. But, like, but Moraine has a tell. Remember, Moraine has a tell. Yeah. Mm. I. The more I think about that, the more I hate that line. It. I yeah, it's the worst line it. in the whole show. Is when oh. she says, oh, "No, Moraine has a tell." I followed Moraine's tell. Um. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but I think I think the connection so is super fascinating because mm-hmm. because I think that Nynaeve will be able to help find the others, especially because two of them don't have their coins anymore. Well, she can only find Perrin and Egwene because those are the two that she healed. Right. Okay. So or no, 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 no. Those were the two in the inn. So she's only healed Egwene. Right. Right. She's only healed Egwene. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Perrin still has the coins, so it doesn't really matter, I guess. But um, yeah, they'll they'll be found. Um, but, yeah, um, but then I love the I love the moment where she's like, where Len is like, I'll go get your horse, and she's like, good luck with that, and he shows up with the horse, and she's like, damn it, <laughs> and then she says she would have felt better if he was like gloating about it, but he yeah. doesn't gloat about it. But he's a good dude. He's not a dick about it, and that makes her mad. Mm-hmm. My, uh-huh. She's so hot for Lan already. It's oh my so God, funny. It's so funny. Yeah, it's... just like immediately hot for Lan, oh, which I get. I, would I be get too. it. I really, I yeah. get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, that's kind of where we leave them. Uh, Nynaeve really wants to go after Egwene, but Moraine is like, we don't know where she is. We, yeah. don't, we don't know which direction to go. We know which direction to go for the boys. Moraine we... logics her. Yeah, she's like, I, I, I don't know what you want me to do. Like. And that's that's a one that's the one biggest problem I tracking each other's Lan and Nynaeve's love language. <laughs> Thank you, Ellen, for that. Ellen, that's, I love that. That's amazing. Um, the one thing oh I lost my train of thought. Oh, because in the show in the show she healed Lan. 
So she can actually track land, but she can't track my range. If that holds the same. No, but she... Oh my god, wait. She... No, she's not track... She can track land in the show. Because she heals him from Loghain's... But in the show, we don't know. That might not be the same that you They're just going to change the magic. It's fine. It'll just be a completely different magic system. Why take something that works and make it better? Make it better. Yeah, yeah. Um, crap. There was a moment that I wanted to touch on about... Oh, uh, just kind of that Nynaeve is like, we have to do something. And Marina's like, okay, what do you think we should do? And, like, she she can't... Yeah, yeah. Maureen is like, this is the plan. If you have a better one, I'm all ears. But, uh... Well, and she does that earlier with... She does that earlier with Egwene, too. And Egwene's like, yeah. we should save the the inn when the inn is burning. Because the innkeeper will keep her secrets. Which, like, is good on him, but also, like, whatever. She Dude. literally says, tell them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when, when that happens, Maureen's like, yeah, I can go back and help a few of them. But we, we'll all die. Yeah, yeah. Or like, I can send the money later and they can rebuild their inn later. Like, yeah. Or we all die and then the world burns because the Dark One wins. Yeah. And so people keep, like, challenging Moraine on her decisions. And she's like, oh, what? I can explain to you. I, she, every yeah. single time, she's like, I can explain to you everything we could do. Yeah. And by the end of it, you will just, just listen to me. Because I will tell you why. And at the end of it, you'll go, yeah. Yeah. No, and, and Moraine knows this. Yeah. And Nynaeve hates it so <laughs> much she cannot stand not being the smartest person in the room i think yeah and it's funny because i i don't like like i hate her in a sense where i'm like god you are so frustrating mm-hmm. but i love that she has somewhere to go that yeah. i think is going to be really incredible 100 um so yeah moving on to the boys they find themselves on the spray which is this big, big old ship. Well, they find themselves in the woods and Tom catches up with them. Right, Tom catches up with them. And Tom uh, is straight up just like knifing Trollocs. My second best knives, goddammit. (laughs) He's like, we're not going back, we're going forward. And they find a boat and they're about to get on the boat. They're like, okay, let's wake them up. We'll get going. And these Trollocs attack. So they jump, Rand lands on this guy named Gelb. And I feel bad for Gelb because like if a full grown man lands on you to wake you up, that's not a pleasant way to wake up. Yeah, but he's a dick. But maybe don't react the way that you did. Um, And so the Trollocs get on board and there's some fighting. There's some fighting. And wouldn't you know it, Rand goes, light, save me. And boom, some ropes snap. And this boom, I don't know if you guys know what a boom is, but when there's a mast, the thing that comes off the mast here. I think they all read the book. I know, but it, I, but like the thing that comes off the mast here is uh-huh. where the sail connects to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the boom comes swinging around, which is, I've been sailing, is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. If a boom starts swinging, it moves so fast. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, And no, so no. it, it boops. It literally boops. boops the trolloc on the snoot and it just goes flying. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. Rand? Boop, 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 boop. I boop you on the snoot. Snoot, 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 boop. Snoot, 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 boop. So, boom. Trolloc gone. Rand channels again, which means... Yeah. Guess what he touches? What? Guess what he touches. Oh, the taint. He touches the taint. He touches the taint. He's got a little bit more taint on him. Well, and... God. And that's why he does the thing where he, like, tumbles around... Stop it. I love how much we're going to talk about taint for the next year and a half. I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate that word so much. And Jamie says um, the healing dragon is only in book one. Wild. Oh, interesting. Thank you for the super chat. Robert Jordan was like, uh, I eh, forgot about don't it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's like how um, uh, Daenerys just forgot about the ships. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how... The dumbest thing... Dan and Dave forgot... Dan and Dave could have possibly said in anything. that interview. 
Yeah. No, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Moving on. My heart. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, so he gets that, like, either madness or giddiness later mm-hmm. on on the ship. When As a direct result. Yeah, which is interesting. But And so they still they get on the ship because yeah. they give the shipmaster their coins. Moiraine's coins. But they don't know the coins are important. I know. Moiraine should have told them, keep the coins, I can find you. She should have just said it. Why not tell them that? Yeah. Why that is a secret Moraine should not have kept. Yeah. Because they literally give them up. And and even Tom well, is like, you idiots, I could have told them I was just gonna sing a little bit and we would have been fine. No, here's the thing. They don't trust her. I think she was trying to wait to get to a point where she could prove that she was trustworthy because imagine you met somebody who you've been told your whole life is evil to their core and they give you a tracker. I'm saying that at the point where they left Berlon, at the point where they left Berlon, she should have been like, things are starting to get hairy. If we get separated, don't lose those coins. I can find you. I guess, because but that they, would have just made them more Because they only view them as nervous. money. They only view them as money. I don't know. I don't know. I Like, I think they would have, like, gotten rid of them. Like, I think at least Matt Matt would have, right? And, the, and like, that's that kind of defeats the point. Whereas Matt is the one who's going to keep it because, well, he had to give it up. But like, So Matt's being all dark. Yeah. And broody because he's got the knife. He's got the dagger. And, um... Which is funny that Rand actually sees it. Yeah. In these chapters. He knows. And Matt's like, please don't tell anyone. And he's like, okay, I won't. But we can... And what I love about Rand is Rand is like, oh, good, we can sell that for money. We're not poor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rand is being so practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Tom introduces them as Gleeman apprentices, so they have to, they have to fake learn. being Gleeman apprentices and learn... And I... I want a whole episode of the show that is just this. Why did we not get uh, Rand miserably playing the flute while a bunch of sailors mocked him? It would have been hilarious. I, I, all I can think of is the meme where they play the Titanic on the recorder. Oh, and it's like that. <laughs> and it's so out of tune and sad. That would have been like, amazing. That's what I need. Yeah. I need somebody to edit that with like a picture of like Rand and Matt playing flutes, please. I need that as an alert on my channel. <laughs> no, I need that as an alert on my channel. That's funny. Like, I oh yeah. My God. So they uh, Rand does his giddiness thing. They, there, there isn't a lot else that happens here except of another dream. We get a big old dream. Baazamal. Beazelbub. And I, I know that Satan. I, I know that I made the title of this video of this episode. Uh, we don't talk about Baalzaman. Um, but that's only because I can't get that song, We Don't Talk About Bruno, from Encanto out of my head. I think about it all the time. And so it is a reference to Encanto, mm-hmm. which if you haven't seen, it's on Disney+. Plus. I actually think it's really yeah, good. Yeah, I recommend that. I thought it was good when we watched it. Yeah. But I haven't stopped thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And because of that's that, I actually know. think it's brilliant. I yeah. think Encanto's brilliant. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Baal's Amon. Yeah. Yeah. It's Balls Man. Thank you, Number yeah, Bluffs. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Balls Man is changing him in, or chasing him in a in um a maze, mm-hmm. and he pricks his finger on a little thorn. Mm-hmm. He pricks his little fingy. Uh, and Balzaman is like, "You'll never escape me, for I am all." And he's like, "This is a dream." I, uh, what is it that Dorothy says? There's no place like home. There's, There's no, no place, place like home. There's like no place home. like home. And he manages to escape the dream, but then he looks at his fingy. And he licks it. And it's bloody. And it's bloody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He finally understands dreams are dangerous. And I think that he kind of got that from the rats. Yeah. Like him hearing about the rats, he immediately connected it to his dreams. But for the first time, he's like, ooh, I 
I am in danger in my dreams. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> I'm in da- stranger danger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Um, <sighs> and so they land in Whitebridge. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they get off the boat, and the ship captain is like, "Here's some of your money back." Not the same coins, but here's your money back. You entertained us. You kept the ship from mutinying because I drove them real hard. Yeah. Uh-huh. I will happily pay you to stay on and entertain the ship. I'll take you to Ilion. Mm-hmm. I'll take you to the competition of Gleeman, which I hope we get to see in the show. Oh my god, yes. And I hope that Ed Sheeran is there and that Ed Sheeran keeps cameoing in every fantasy series. No. Because he has his cameo in Game of Thrones. So I hope they just keep putting Ed Sheeran as a cameo in every no, fantasy the, series. The problem is that he's a ginger. They'd have to give him a wig. No, they... he's an Aiel Gleeman. An Aiel Gleeman? Yes. Ed Sheeran is an Aiel Gleeman. And they just keep putting Ed Sheeran. It's like a recurring joke in every... Fan... And then he's in the Lord of the Rings adaptation on Amazon. And they just... Every fantasy series, they just have oh Ed Sheeran God. sing a song at some all point. All right. All right. All right. Enough of that. Um... So then, there. The, the, Tom is really considering it because Tom does not want to keep if going on this mission. If it was me, oh, if I was Tom, I would be like, yeah, bye guys. <laughs> like, okay, I, I hear you guys. I yell, men don't sing. I understand that, but hear me out. He is at the competition, meaning he is like the disgraced Ayel. Ed Sheeran, the disgraced Ayel musician. Oh my Season God. two, season four, maybe. Oh my. Hear me God. out. Hear no. me out. Mm-mm. Hear me out. I'm a petition against your petition. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one Ayo man who sings and that's why he was kicked out of the waste they were like leave us alone leave <laughs> Rockovich says Tom Bomba Sheeran Tom Bomba Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm so upset that that is in my head. Oh um, my god. So yeah, they, the ship owner offers Tom money. Mm-hmm. to stay technically for all of them but like really for for tom Rand has to drag him away honestly fair so. though like i would like i, I would have taken it if i was tom i've been like guys i'm so sorry it's been fun but and then uh, we're in Whitebridge, which is the first time we've been in a place they, while they're on the boat they see a metal tower which is clearly a skyscraper from the age of legends but we're yeah. finally in a place no yeah, no are. it has no entrance it's like a it's like it's from a, the age of legends Oh, sorry. I don't know what it's I... It's like a skyscraper of metal. It's clearly from the Age of Legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, say but it's that. not like a... Yeah, it's not like a skyscraper. Sorry, I thought you meant it's like... It's a metal far... tower that's 200 feet high. Yeah, I just mean... It's a skyscraper. There's no way in. No, no, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right. I mean, there are buildings now, though. Like, if you, if you were to... There are buildings we don't have now that if you didn't understand what it was, you would never be able to figure out how to get no, those doors to open. that's fair. I was just like, wait, it's not one of our... Anyways, it doesn't matter. So then they um, they get to Whitebridge, which is another place that is a built around an Age of Legends structure that survived. Bridge. This giant oh white God. bridge over... And I was like, this is... this I, Just like the picture I had in my brain. I was so happy. I was oh, just smiling. beautiful. Yeah. It was so beautiful. Honestly, like, I... I Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I wish we'd had that in the show. I know. And so they go to an inn, and they're like, why this inn? And Tom is like, it's at the crossroads of where people come in and come out, mm-hmm. and there's fewer people here. And I was like, God, Tom yeah. is so smart. Yeah. And he starts, like, using the fact that he's a gleeman to kind of, like, pull information out of the barkeep. And we learn that two people have been looking for the same people that they are. The barkeep yeah. wants him to stay. Yeah, and then the, and then he asks his questions, and the barkeep is like, actually, can please you leave? leave? <laughs> can you get can out you of here? Leave? Drink your wine and go. Yeah. Um, and he's, there's two people. A crazy man, 
who Which we think is Pad and Fane. I think it's Pad and Fane. Yeah, yeah I, do, I do. I do. It makes sense. Pad and Fane is uh, interesting. Um, yeah. And then we, and then a blacked cloak person who we know is a Merdral. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's He's okay. a fade. 100%. Without a doubt. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they do leave. They drink their wine and they leave. Then they leave. And, and Rand is like, right there's there. a fade. I, right fucking there. The show made it seem like fades would like not really be in town. But the fact that the fade are human enough looking that they can be in a town and people don't notice that they have giant like sandworm mouths. I'm like, mm-hmm. how are they ever going to do this on the show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't just like, are, I'm guessing the fade will just never be in towns. Yeah. I, I, in, unless they're attacking. Like it feels like they're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the... The way it's handled on the show, it seems like they are vaguely human enough yeah. that they can be around people. And as long as the cloak is up, people don't notice them. Well, and the thing is, they they create a sense of fear around them as well. And so if they were Eric there... Eric says, imagine a fade with a fake mustache and googly eyes. Then we should make that an emote for the channel. <laughs> Oh, oh god. my god, can you imagine? But here's the thing. People are so afraid of them that yeah. no one's going to tell them not to be there, right? Well, no. If people knew that it was a fade was there, they would freak out and the guard would be called. The fade is 100% darkness, right? Like, there's no way they yeah. would allow a fade to be in town. They just don't know that it's a fade, right? They, guess, they, yeah. they, they think it's like a black-cloaked person that they kind of stay away with because they don't like it. And no one wants to look at him too closely because yeah. he scares the crap out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And fades can speak. Which we never see in the show. But Fades can, like, speak human speech. That's true, yeah. Um, we only see them go, right, in the show. that's enough of that. Well, you know, their mouths open, they scream. But, like, Fades talk and, like, have mouths that people yeah. see and don't freak out about. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a huge difference to make the Fades into these kind of, like, worm creatures with arms. As opposed to the Fades, which are, seem to be... Like fallen men, the the fades really seem to be more like the Nazgul from Lord of the Rings, where they're like, I, I feel like they're all former men who have been turned into this thing, sort of like uh-huh. the Trollocs were a, a science experiment of like mismatched parts. It feels like the fade are also kind of a similar experiment, but the dark yeah, one. oh yeah, a hundred percent, yeah, um, um, yeah. So there's a fade there, and Tom is like, run. And Full takes on this fade by himself. Um, oh, yeah. He charges it. At, they, p- these I people, hope he used his best knife set for that one. These people charge fades. And what I'm learning from the books is if you see a fade, run full tilt at it. That's that's the only way to handle a fade. Because you cannot run him. You got it. You got to take that moment of surprise him. and just... Yeah. And so Rand and Matt, uh, they take off for Camelin. They run out into the wilderness by themselves. Mm-hmm. Matt is not doing well. He's got the darkness of the dagger living within him. Mm-hmm. And that is everything we read. We got through it in under two hours. Yeah, and I'm really glad we included that last chapter to talk about because there was, I mean, this spoiler chat mm-hmm. has been long and I apologize for that, but like there was so much there and what a like crazy place to leave off, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, um, I'm so excited for, because I know Tom's not dead because he's important to the whole story, right? We Min tells he us He has that. to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he, I'm so excited to see. Yeah. yeah, he can't be dead. I want to know how he. I want. I want to know how he killed this fade. I don't know if we're gonna get that because does. it's a. You don't think he kills the fade? No, I think he. The, I so the re, the difference between this and the way the show does it is in the show Tom fights a fade alone in a barn house, and no, it's yes, the dark friend. No, no, in the show Tom fights a fade in the barn. Oh right, I forgot and, about it, or that. Or in the scene. farmhouse. 
And that's the last time we see Tom. And you're like, how does Tom get out of that? I forgot about that. In the book, Tom fights the Fade in the middle of a square Mm -hmm. where there's a city guard. And so I think that Mm -hmm. Tom has a bigger chance of, he just has to survive long enough for the rest of the city guard to help. And I think the Fade runs. Right. Because I think the Fade gets like overpowered by numbers. No, that's fair. That's fair. Tom fighting a Fade by himself in a farmhouse is crazy. Tom fighting a Fade in a crowded square, Mm -hmm. less crazy. Yeah. Because there are people who are going to help him. Yeah. Yeah. When they see that one of them is a human and one of them is a Fade, you fight the Fade. Yeah. And so that's a huge difference from the show to the books. How does he survive the fight in the book to the show? I have no idea. But it is really easy to imagine a world where he survives this. Yeah, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have some segments that we like to do in our show, and we're going to throw them out here because this is my family tradition. When we gather together for meals, we do our high and we do our low because we like to share the best of our day and we like to share the worst of our day as mm-hmm. a family because it is important to be able to, like, really, um, to, to celebrate and hype up what's going well mm-hmm. and also commiserate over what isn't. And yeah. so, Clarus. Uh, as always, you're going to do your high, I'm going to do my low, you're going to do your low, and then I'm going to end with my high. So what is your high? I actually think my high is getting a chapter from Nynaeve's perspective. Oh, interesting. And and, and a part of it... No, I'm not making up the news, Ellen. Um, That's on Monday. Yeah, I I can't, like... I can't... I don't like, hmm, it's weird, right? It's weird, right? Because I, as a character, Nynaeve pisses me off so much, but I can also relate to her so hard. Yeah. Like, that was literally me when I was, like, 15 or 16. I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Like, I was I was so stubborn. And reading just a little section, first of all, we got some great information, yeah. which I loved, right? And it brought, it moved Nynaeve to tears, like, there was so much there. I loved getting a chapter from her perspective. I think that was my high. Okay. For for this chunk. Yeah. So, so that means it's time for my low yeah. of this chunk. Uh, and to be clear, low isn't things I didn't like about the show. The low is, has to be something from the books. Mm-hmm. And it is really tough to find a low in this section. I really, I this section really made me fall in mm-hmm. love with the books. The, the tale of Minethrin hooked me. And then this section, I, I, I really, I love the way Robert Jordan writes, his mm-hmm. prose. Um, Is it the dream? What? Oh, sorry. Never mind. No, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. worry. Spoilers <laughs> for my high. Uh, my low, honestly, is probably... <sighs> I said, there was the one thing that was like, what? I... Hmm. It's, it's tough. Lambers, thank you for the super chat. Thank, uh, you, thank you. Who would win in a battle, the Bene Gesserit versus the Aes Sedai? The Aes Sedai. Aes Sedai in a battle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I've only read the first Dune book, right? So I don't really know what the Bene Gesserit's martial prowess is like. I just think the Bene Gesserit might be better politically. I think the, if the Bene Gesserit were in Wheel of Time, they would have better standing in all of the kingdoms because they would be better at propaganda than the Aes Sedai are. Whereas I think that in a fight, I think yeah. that the Aes Sedai are better than the Bene Gesserit. Yeah, and I think that the Aes Sedai are... I think that they have the power and the ability to manipulate people into liking them better. But I think that that goes against their beliefs and their, like, vows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So I think that they're very different. Um, yeah, I would say 
My, actually, you know what? My, I think my low, honestly, is how Rand interacts with Matt when he finds the dagger. He's like, oh yeah, I'll keep I, that a secret. He can clearly see that it's affecting his friend. I think that, I don't know. I think that he's, uh, he, I think that he's a little caught up in his own head. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just kind of, it. yeah. I don't know. It's just not my favorite moment. Uh, but it's, it's mostly because I'm like, Rand, come on, be a better friend. Yeah. And yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, that yeah. Rand is being the best friend in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's just disappointing to me. Yeah. But it, it makes Miranda full character, so it's tough. I don't really have a low, that, but that would be the closest thing I have to one. There was something else that, I, that but I forgot what it was. Yeah, I think the closest thing I have to a low is Rand interacting with the White Cloaks. Like, I'm just sitting there reading. I'm like, you're so dumb. I'm like, you're all so... Well... Mm. But that's also Rand's low. That is also Rand's the, the low. Because one power is controlling them. Yeah, that or the moment where they go treasure hunting, where I'm just screaming at the book. I'm like, "You're all so dumb." No, you know what? That that is it. It's Matt. It's it's Rand and Perrin letting Matt pull them down. That yeah. has to be the low. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my high is the first dream. I think the conversation with Balzaman in the first dream is some of the finest writing. I think it's beautifully written. Mm-hmm. I think the threat is there. I I really understand why Balzaman is the threat that he is and the stakes. Yeah of the story are so readily available to me now. Mm -hmm. And because I now, that dream to me is the crux of the first half of this book. Mm -hmm. It is the most important part of the first half of this book. And the lack of that in the show, now that I'm a book reader and not just a show watcher, the lack of that dream in the show to me is the biggest failing of the show because the show never sets up what the stakes of the fight are. Yeah. And it's, it's in that moment. And I just, I'm sad that we didn't get it because setting up why your villain is bad and how bad they are is really important. Mm-hmm. Voldemort murdering Harry's parents is the importance of setting up who Voldemort is and why he's bad. Mm-hmm. The, the, when it, it is the same as when Hagrid tells Harry that Voldemort murdered his parents, right? Mm-hmm. It is the same. And it's at a similar place. I mean, obviously Harry Potter's a lot shorter, but percentage wise, I think through the story, um, and it's so important that you get that. Yeah. And not getting it in the show is such a disappointment because my, my complaint every week in the spoiler chat, what are the stakes? Why are they fighting the dark one? What, what does the dark one want? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they, they just, they do it, it. Robert Jordan does it so beautifully in that dream sequence. And it, it's my favorite thing that we've read so far. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, I think there is one thing that I think that the show did better. Mm-hmm. Um, for this point in the book, I think that the show introducing Matt's family circumstances and younger sisters um, a thousand makes percent. way more sense mm-hmm. with his choices as a character, right? If I had had yeah. that in the show where he's like, I'm finding treasure so I can take this back home and like give my sisters a better life. Yeah. I think that that actually, that holds up. I, 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 I think that that is missing. Like, right now, Matt's character is just a shit disturber. Matt doesn't have... Of the characters so far, Matt is the least developed in the book by far. Yeah. No. He's just a prankster. And yeah. I agree 100%. I think Matt's backstory is one of the most fascinating things about the show. And yeah. his relationship with those girls. Mm-hmm. I, I agree 100%. I think that Matt is handled better in the show which is such a shame because, because of the left, in the second yeah. half of the sh- show yeah. you lose that mm-hmm. um but no i agree i think that like t- telling matt as like the poorest of the poor f- uh, town of emmonsfield and he was just, a smart choice yeah and he's just trying to take care of like his sisters who don't deserve their like drunkard parents because he has such a good heart 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it comes from a place of caring as opposed to a place of selfishness. Yeah. Right? Um, you yeah. guys should check out the Dresden Files TV series and books. V Drake, we have 14, 15 of these to read, but um, I like send me a DM about that and I'll write it down. Because yeah. I will forget by the end of this. Corey, thank you for becoming a narg of the nerd table. Thank you all so much. You, guys, if you want to become a member, there is a button there for you to click. Mm -hmm. um, there will be a brand new badge as well as emotes that you guys can use uh, for next week's chat. Um, and before we get out of here, mm -hmm. we have one final segment. My favorite That's segment of the show. That's true. Clarus, where would you have added a sex scene? I don't know. Do for you have, our smut corner. Do you, have, do you have yours yet? Oh, the all-male orgy in the hot tub. Okay. Oh, my God. Can you imagine <laughs> uh -huh. the sausage fest of the five men? Oh, God. Oh, my God. What a, dr uh, what a dream. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, what what a dream come true, though. Smut be. corner, for sure. Smut corner, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah it's too easy in this one. You just, you just, you, you put I know. them. I know. Well, that's the thing. And I was like, I think that's going to be yours. So I'm like, I don't really know. I don't really know. Also, I think Aram showing Egwene the way of the leaf, if you know what I mean. <laughs> the, way of the, the way of the leaf does not sound like a good time. Yeah, he Sorry. just lies there. He's like, you get on top. Yeah, yeah, you do, you do your thing. I'm gonna be the leaf in the wind. They are minors in the book. Apparently, they're not Alan. Apparently, no, they're, they're adults. They're yeah. twenty. They're not minors. Someone showed me. Yeah, apparently, like their birth years are all available on some things. So yeah, they are twenty years old. You broke your um, own rule, nerdy. Wait, what was my rule? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what your word. I don't remember what my rule is. Tom charges at the fade and then notices how muscular the fade's no, buttocks are. No, Rock Mage, you stole mine. I was going to be like, Tom and the fade, they just like get rough and tumbly together. And God they're like, oh, those biceps. Oh, oh. And then they just, then then people don't, that that's how that's how Tom gets out of the fight. He seduces the fade. Oh, apparently um, I, I you, the, the rule can't be people losing their virginities. Right. That's it's, tough because that's almost all the characters I in the know, books. I know. That's like that's like everybody. Um, Eric, thank you so much for the super chat. Matt is our favorite character in the books. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm excited to learn more about Rat. Rat. Matt. About Rat. About Matt. <laughs> yeah. I combined Rand and Matt. And the I boys are 20, Egwene is 18, and Nynaeve is 26. They're, they're all yeah. of age. They're that's all of fine. age. Um, I'm, I'm taking back my rule because none of them are going to lose their virginities anytime soon. So new rule. We're changing you the just, rules. Yeah. Episode two, we're changing the rules. Th this segment is for fun, and you can do what you want as long as actual matters aren't involved. Yes, yes. Yeah. They're 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 of age. Um, I'm reading them all as of age. I don't, I I don't care even if they're not in my head. All of age. I'm doing what I did with Game of Thrones when I was reading Game of Thrones, and like uh -huh. Missandei's nine, and Daenerys is like fourteen. It, my head canon. I'm just gonna pretend that they're not. My head canon for Game of Thrones is that years in Westeros are longer. Yeah. And so Missandei is actually 18. Yeah. And it's Daenerys like is like 23. Yeah. And everyone is of age in Game of Thrones when they have sex. Yeah. That is... otherwise, I don't like canon. it. Canon. I don't like it's it. It's canon to my brain. Is that the world... It's it's like how the years on Mars are just longer than the year, years on Earth. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Their, their Earth is further from the sun than ours. And so nine years there... Because this is a thing we're going to have to deal with once we become a space... And I will be long dead. I will never see this. But there is a point where, like, we're going to live on different planets. And different planets have different hours in the day and have different year lengths and day lengths. And so different planets are going to have different time systems. 
Don't worry about it. We're, none of us uh, will survive to see this. I hate it. Corey, thank you so much for the super chat. Appreciate that. Um, originally two characters in book one. Oh, they were going to add another? That seems like a lot of characters. All right. Yeah, okay. I get why they... Well, six makes sense too, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, this was... Uh, this this was fun. Y'all, thank you for another great episode of the Nerdy Wordy Book Club. Yeah. Uh, this podcast, if you want to listen to this, if you if you want to catch up but you don't uh, want to have YouTube, you can download this you as a podcast. Watch faces. Uh, currently, it's only available on Spotify and on Google Podcasts, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get it on iTunes this week. Uh, it's just there's a process I have to do, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'm gonna work on getting it everywhere as available. For those of you who are listening as a podcast, thank you so much. Uh, mm-hmm. I did see some of you subscribe to it on Google and on Spotify, so uh, that is really nice to see that this is getting out there in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, we are going to be Ooh. reading. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I wrote it down. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Next, it's in my notes app. Chapter forty-one. No. no. We had talked about doing 38 and then doing 39 to the end. 38? Yeah. That's not very... Is that... Okay. Because um... it's around 600. I mean, that's... No, reading chapter 38, though. Oh, you want to re- include chapter 38. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Stopping at weaving of the web. I mean, that yeah. gives us a lot for the final week. Should we add a, should we do to 40 then? We'll do to the end of 40 next week? Yeah, unless there's, oh, there actually is a bunch of. No, the, no, it's because it's all of this. Right. Right, 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 right. So the book actually ends On here. So yeah, so those are two even-ish sections. Read, read to the end of 39 and then we'll do 40 to the end. Yeah. So this, this week we're doing chapters 27 to 39 and we'll stop at the when you see 40 stop we're gonna include we're gonna include 39 great yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. up to chapter 40 so do not read robert power says i would i would robert power says i would strongly recommend not stopping at 39 no it's a cliffhanger no we'll stop at a cliffhanger that's good because then it'll bring people back for the next week Robert, we gotta, we gotta, and it'll give us more to talk about when we end at a cliffhanger. This kind of ended when people are all safe. Mm -hmm. It'll be nice to end when like things are about to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so next week will be that. The week after that will be 40 to the end. Mm -hmm. And then the week after that will be our first full book talk because we can't really talk about the whole, you know, we didn't talk about the first chunk much today. It's tough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to sit down and that, that will be our first full book book we're going to talk all about book one and we're going to talk about the show versus the book and where we ultimately come down on how they adapted book one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be fun mm-hmm. it's going to... um so <laughs> here's what's up y'all mm-hmm. this is the end of the show <laughs> this is it um yeah thank you guys so much for you being here you need to be really careful about leaning forward in that shirt i'm fine no don't worry about it you need to be really careful on video leaning forward in that shirt i am fine okay uh <laughs> thank y'all for being here with us today this was so much fun thank y'all for joining the nerd table um we appreciate you guys a lot we're gonna regret that stopping point i love that we're gonna regret it no it's gonna be great because we're gonna yeah. be like what what do, what's yeah. gonna happen next it's gonna be so good 
Uh, you guys can follow us over uh, around the internet. I'm at Nerdy Nightly pretty much everywhere, including twitch.tv slash Nerdy Nightly. Yeah, I'm over at Klaus Dracarys, literally everywhere. And you can also sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash Nerdy Nightly, or become a member here on the YouTube. If you want your very own You Don't Want to Be Moist Crossing the Blight uh, hoodie, uh, you can get that over at uh, redbubble.com slash people slash Nerdy Nightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other things on that store. If you want like a Nerdy Nightly, they'll go. Um, that store might go away soon. We're thinking about moving all of our, like, merch production in-house, literally in our house. So um, stay <laughs> tuned for that because we have a new shirt coming up soon Yes, that we're new very shirt, excited about. New shirt. We're going to have new emotes and everything. Mm-hmm. We are also partnered with Gamer Subs. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, if you like to get caffeinated but you hate coffee, well... That's me, and I have something for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Gamer Subs. They uh, sent us a bunch of new flavors and hoodies and shirts and stuff. There's an unboxing video on the YouTube, so make sure. On the Clarsha oh, Cars channel. My, right, right, right. We put that on the Clarsha Cars YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, it's tasty as heck, guys. It's really, really good. Use coupon code CLARUS with two O's to get 10% off there. And as always, y'all, to our super chatters, thank you. To all of our members, thank, thank you. you. And to everyone who just watches, thank you, thank you, thank you. That it is it is incredible. We We've love, never had a show like this on any of our stuff. So. No, we love doing this. This yeah. is the highlight of our week right now, and I I cannot. I'm probably gonna do some reading today. Uh, yeah. Come back Monday, 11 a.m. for the nightly morning show, and come back Friday, mm-hmm. 11 a.m. for the next chunk of the Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. Do something nerdy tonight, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Bye.